good and lovely listeners, and welcome to the Smoothest Sailing Horror Movie Podcast, hosted by me, Michael McDonald. Here with my co-host, it's also me, Michael McDonald. Hey, it's us, Michael McDonald. We're in your ears. We're gonna tell you about the podcast. <laughs> With a Michael McDonald. Why can't everybody do a Michael McDonald person? So like, everybody can't. Even everybody if you can. think you can't. Small children can. Guess yeah. what? Yeah, you yeah. can. You can. Yeah. His voice exists within us all. Hey, yeah, he's what ties us together. He's what <laughs> binds the universe together. He's Lilu. He's love. Oh, that's yeah. right. He's the fifth element. What, what if, if the fifth it, element was Michael McDonald? What if instead of that stupid <laughs> oh, scene, man, it was Michael, it was Michael McDonald? Holy shit. Yeah. Somebody please make that. Just dub that with... <laughs> I want to know what Michael McDonald coming sounds like. <laughs> this entire episode is gonna be yeah, Michael it's just McDonald. gonna be covered in it. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been working up a yacht rock set to play with Smooth Sailor. I got a couple Smooth Sailor shows. Yeah. this month playing with Knoxville's hottest yacht rock cover band. Yeah, so my ears have just been being caressed by the dulcet, yeah. silky tones of one Michael that makes McDonald sense. here. Well, dude, the thing is, is like he is Mister Yacht Rock. Yeah, people don't even know. It's like yeah. other than obviously his illustrious solo career. I keep fucking I'm anymore. <laughs> He's also on all those Doobie Brothers songs. Yeah. I mean, but I think of Steve Winwood as like Winwood. the king of yeah, Yacht Rock. Yeah, he's great. But you know, Michael McDonald's also back there singing backup vocals on a ton of other people's Yacht Rock songs. That's true. You know, Run Like the Wind by Christopher Cross? Oh. That's him on, on backup. And you can tell it. It's so obvious when he does that. And I got such a long way to go. <laughs> then he goes, such a long way to go. It's like, oh, it's McDonald. He also sang it about the Steely Dan stuff. <laughs> This episode is a Michael McDonald exclusive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brought to you by Michael McDonald. Why? It's your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast, Dead and Lovely listeners. It's uh-huh. Dead and Lovely, hosted by the hostess with the mostest whites. Me, your good friend, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. Wow. I've become Christian. Oh, wow. You're born again? Yeah, I just thought and figured it'd be fun. Dude, you did it. Yeah. How's it so far? Sucks. Yeah, yeah I'm giving up on it. Hollywood Steve, back at you. Hollywood ya. Steve Hollywood is Babylon. back in. A- oh, Hollywood <laughs> Babylon. Right on, man. I'm thinking about changing my name to my pirate name based on my seemingly unending affliction of chest cold. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go- I'm gonna change my name to Rattle Chest Eller. Rattle Chest. Yeah. Well, you are trying to get into rum more. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I haven't so been getting kind of pirate here lately. I've been trying to get into the world oh, of rattle dark chest. rum. It's pretty good to me so far. Rattle chest, scrub the neck. I've just got now where like everything's just kind of sitting up top, rattling yeah. around when I breathe deep or cough uh-huh. or anything. It's just terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna funny. try not to cough all over y'all on this podcast. I have been surprisingly healthy. You've been good throughout the spring. Yeah, I didn't really ever have much of a sinus issue. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and now we're coming into summer and. I guess by the time this episode comes out, summer, right? I think so. Yeah, I think that's so. right. And we're reporting for week two of Camp Dead and Lovely. Yep, yep. Now, I want you boys to stay out of the girls' camps, okay, now? None of them panty raids. No panty raids. And ladies, keep, keep your... away from them jock raids. <laughs> yeah, don't be raiding jocks. Uh-huh, and everybody, everybody be sure to steer clear of the robot encampment 
Don't be doing any of them gear runs. Oh, man. Everybody's always trying to get robot gears. Mm, the just show off to their friends. They steal their grease. Uh-huh. And, and then the their robots joints can't all lock up. Yep. Yeah. They, they can't participate in any of the fun activities. At robot camp. At robot camp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty rough stuff. How you been this week, Steve? I've been good. Yeah? Yeah. Been having a... Just a, a pretty good, productive week. Been like getting it. a lot of stuff done for the show. Also working on a video series, trying to adapt my lessons on the undead into something entertaining. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll have up something soon. I like it. I'm going to be learning a good bit because I'm going to be shooting a lot of this or all of this on my own. Yeah. And uh, like a big boy, like a big, You're boy. A big old strong boy. I'm a big strong boy. I can pick things up. I can throw things. I can get angry. You can I choose can... your clothes, choose your outfit for the day. Sure. No yeah, problem. I, I do that. Right. Effortless. My wife doesn't lay it out for me. No, 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 no. no. Of course not. No, you're a big boy. I'm a big boy. Yeah. That's pretty cool stuff, man. I look forward to seeing what you come up with. Yeah, me too. You've been watching anything good? Man, I've been watching all sorts of things good. Yeah? What you been seeing? I started The Terror, which is an AMC show. Yeah. It's about uh, an expedition through the North Pole trying to find a quicker route from Europe to America, I guess. Okay. So this is assuming that the Earth is um, round. So a work of fiction is what you're saying. Right. Clearly not based on reality. Certainly. (laughs) Because... You know? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's um, surprisingly really good, like, slow burn horror that uh, it's easy to get into. So, Kate's sister read the book. Yeah. And she said it was utterly terrifying. This is like a couple of years ago before it was ever adapted. I bet you the book would get you a good bit better, because books are real good at building that slow burn sort of terror. I just have a hard time imagining how this is going to be scary. It's like guys on a boat. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's guys on a boat, so they're talking about land lovers, of course. Like, uh-huh. oh, we hate them. They love the land. No, they, they, they just get stuck in the ice, and they're stuck there for a very long time. Is there any kind of haints or boogers or Oh, there's spirits? haints and boogers. Oh, look out. Mm-hmm. Haints and boogers? Haints and boogers. Oh, you don't want no part yeah. of that. Yeah, it's. I, I don't want to say too much about it, because I think it's good to just go into it with not knowing, but I, I'll Leave tell it you. Leave it's got Jared Harris. It's got uh, some people from Game of Thrones. Worth a watch. All right. And it's on Hulu now. First season's on oh, Hulu. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought it was on like uh, AMC or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. That, that's why I hadn't seen it up till now. Uh, but I had heard good stuff, so I checked it out. I want to see that. Check something else out that I would say is basically horror. Chernobyl. I have been dying to watch this. Like ever since, you know, Thrones ended, it's like, well, what are Sundays for? Chernobyl. Chernobyl is yeah, the thing. Well, huh? but it's... it's uh, over now it's just a six i don't know if they're having a second season i don't know why they would yeah what would it be yeah. about dude yeah. i would love if they did a second season it's all about zombies and mutants <laughs> just like pick up the untrue find story out that of chernobyl. chernobyl diaries was actually true based, events yeah, based on a true story and not just a shitty movie so is it just a recounting of all the shit that happened leading up to the chernobyl yeah, incident and it's both frightening and infuriating wow. and relevant to our own current political climate. Okay. It's strange. I've heard that it's awesome. Like, I've not talked to anybody that hasn't just been nuts about it. Yeah. It's great. Awesome. Jared Harris is also in that. And oh, I, really? I would say, yeah, there's a similar sort of feel to Chernobyl and the terror. He's a busy boy. He is a busy boy. He's yeah. Very busy. He's huh? a big boy, too. That's true. A grown man. He's a grown ass man. I also went ahead and watched Bad Times at the El Royale. 
You mentioned this, and I cannot remember what this is. Bad Times at El Royale. The advertising campaign for it was kind of bad, and it sort of bombed in the box office, okay. but um, worth a watch. It's on HBO, and it's got Chris Hemsworth, Dakota Johnson, handsome John Ham, the dude himself. Oh, the in dude's it. in it. Yeah. Awesome. Holy shit. Pretty yeah, stacked so cast. It is. It's a stacked cast. It's, um, it reminded me of like a mid 90s crime sort of thing. Okay. Like a reservoir got, dogs kind of thing. It's, it's also got a sort of, uh, pulp fiction style of, uh, storytelling. I'm but very it, on board with that. Yeah. So we, we get some like flashes back and we get to learn more about our characters and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. I liked it. Two hours and 20 minutes seems the a bit long, movie. but it actually moved really fast. I was surprised. Mm, all right. That sounds definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, before we started this podcast, we watched the trailer for the upcoming Jim Jarmusch zombie movie, The Dead Don't Die. Is yeah. That right? By the time this comes out, it'll be coming. The Dead Don't Die comes out the week that this comes out. So June 14th. I think it looks fucking awesome. Yeah. And I, I hope we get the opportunity to do a minisode on it because it yeah. looks great. Cast is amazing. I'm really interested in that because the, the trailer looks just fun and, and weird. Yeah. But you know it's going to get dark. That's the thing is like when I when I read the cast and stuff, I was super excited. Then I was like, oh, yeah, it's Jim Jarmusch. Like, have you seen that Jim Jarmusch vampire movie? The Last Mm-mm. Lovers Left Alive or no, something like that? It's okay. It's yeah, all that's right. what I heard. That's why I haven't rushed out to watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's like very melodramatic and yeah. very kind of like emo and stuff. Yeah. So I remembered that and I was like, well, I did see what happened when he did a vampire movie. But I think this looks awesome. Yeah, it looks fun. <laughs> like uh, Tilda Swinton with a samurai sword. Count me in. Yeah. I am it's way on with that. It's doing a weird ass accent. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like Irish, Irish or Welsh or maybe. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on with it, but I can't wait to find out. Plus, it's got a Bill Murray. Yeah. And uh, Adam Driver, who so good at comedy. Did you ever see what's that? The one Lucky NASCAR Logan Lucky. Logan, Logan Lucky. Lucky is awesome. Yeah, he Holy was great shit. in that. He and did does. a great Southern accent. He did. Everybody in that movie did a great job they being did. Southern. It was great. Daniel man. Craig, surprising. I mean, that's not surprising. Southern, Southern, and some British accents. Yeah, pretty similar. I've always really wanted to see um, Mini Driver or Adam Driver go the way of David Arquette and just randomly get into professional wrestling later in the career and their signature moves be like the mini driver. The mini driver. I would love that. Yeah. If mini driver. That was her signature. <laughs> That's her knockout move is the mini driver. And yeah. I, I picture it as being like a pile driver with just a very small hop. Yeah, just a tiny little hop. Yeah, exactly. The like you're driver. not going full uh-huh. like you know, not not going from standing up to landing on your butt pile driver. Or maybe it's maybe one of those on the like, knees or something. Maybe it's one of those lazy pile drivers that Cactus Jack used to do where he basically just gotta fall back. Just gotta fall them. back. Yeah. <laughs> you're all- yeah, stuff their head like in your crotch and trunks. fall back. Yeah. yeah, he would do himself yeah. a lazy old pile driver back yeah. in the day. For some reason, the other morning, I woke up and I was like, man, it's been a long time since I saw that Sabu Terry Funk barbed wire match. Oh my God. Yeah. There's a horrible rip of it on YouTube. It's like TV oh, quality. It's so bad. That's such a great match. Dude, it, I started it and it got about to that part where Sabu jumps on the barbed wire and literally rips his bicep open. Yeah. And I was like, I got things I should be doing rather than right. watching this. I started to like feel kind of bad. <laughs> gotcha. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. And the those crowd dudes dude, were insane. I, like the crowd wanted those two to murder each other. Oh yeah, 
And Sabu got his bicep ripped open. Yeah. And he's trying to tape it together so he can keep going with the match. He, he did the same when he broke his jaw. He kept going yeah. with the match. Yeah. Like, and meanwhile, Terry Funk is like smashing him in the head with a damn chair uh-huh. while he's trying to tape his bicep. Yeah. It was genius. Unreal. Unreal Such a great dude. performance. Sab- Sabu is the most underrated wrestler mm-hmm. like ever, yeah. in my opinion. I For fucking sure. love some Sabu. I don't know what made me think of watching that. Awesomeness. Yeah, because stuff. I like <laughs> things that are nice. Yeah. yeah, I like nice things. So I watched a couple things this week. I watched uh, You Will Always Be My Maybe on the Netflix, mm. which... A Hallmark movie, right? It sounds like it would be a Hallmark yeah. movie. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a new Netflix movie, and uh, it was written by Asian comedian chick whose name I cannot remember right Allie now. Wong. There you go. Yeah. That's the one. I was just testing you. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was doing it that way, not because I forgot <laughs> her name. And uh, it's just a good old romantic comedy. And you know, it's one of those things where sometimes, especially when things have been kind of shit like they have here lately for right. us. Sometimes it's nice just to have those, like, I like to watch something where I don't really have to think, and it's just a simple mm. story that's amusing and easy to watch. Yeah. Perfect for that. Okay. It was good, man. It's All like right. it was a romantic comedy that never really played into any, like, super crappy gender stereotypes or right. like, race stereotypes or anything like that. But still, somebody at about the end of the second act got pissed off about something. Yeah. And, and you think they're not going to end up together. Right. Yeah. 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 Spoilers. They do get Spoilers back together. Spoilers for every romantic comedy. Yeah. 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 If you've ever seen one, it's kind of like uh-huh. that. It runs oh, about like that. Spoilers for those guys who write romantic comedies where they think, I'm going to trick them. You're not tricking anybody. Yeah. It's never, never happened. No. It's never tricked anyone. And we watched the Bash Brothers Experience on awesome. Netflix, which is the Lonely Islands 30 minute long. Uh-huh. It's essentially just a collage of different music videos that roughly yeah. follow a story about Jose Canseco and, and Martin McGuire. Yeah. It makes <laughs> zero sense. I don't even care. None whatsoever. Yeah. It is Those ridiculous. Guys are great. You know, they co-starred with me in Popstar. That's true. Yeah, yeah. your movie that you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, well, you can see my back, so... That's the best part of the movie. It's all you need to see. Hey, that's 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 my favorite view of you. <laughs> I'll let you go just so I can watch you walk away, I really, Steve. I really... Like, I thought about this the other day, and I thought if I ever met Andy Samberg... Um, I would start talking about how I was in Pop Star, and then like, if he started talking about it, I'd be like, "Oh, you were in that movie too." Yeah, like that would big be time him, That'd really Hollywood him. Yeah, like, oh, I didn't oh, notice you there. I didn't notice you. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, uh, the camera. Was oh, you were the guy with all the spotlights, and they kept like stopping, and like yeah. you would stop, and then you would they would start again, and you would start. Yeah, and I would just stand there, right, in a right. crowd. Yeah, I think that he would think that was hilarious. <laughs> is the thing. Too. I think that would actually work pretty well. It makes no sense. I bet. Yeah, it's. I I wanted to start watching it the other night, but Emily, um, she like because she she loves Andy Samberg. He's like one of her favorites, yeah. and and she loved the uh, Seven Days in Hell, which was the tennis thing they did with him and um, Kit Harrington, right? And then the. The one that's about bicycling doping one? and cycling yeah. that is hilarious and has so many either, man. funny people in it, including John Cena and his gigantic self looking insanely funny on a bike. Awesome. Like, you just never think about somebody like John Cena or The Rock getting on a bike. Yeah, yeah, doing something normal. <laughs> Dude, the funniest to me, like, really jacked guitar players, Yeah, I just think look hilarious. Or drummers or anybody. Uh, it's It just always looks so weird to me. 
<laughs> you remember that band Nitro, 80s hair metal band Nitro? Yes. Like the most extreme, yeah. fastest, they, shreddiest yeah. and stuff. They had this drummer in their music video for their cover of Cat Scratch Fever. Yeah. That seriously looks like a human incarnation mm-hmm. of, of yeah, Bebop. Yeah, Yeah. From the Ninja Gigantic, just, just stupid jack. looking, weird. Yeah. And like him holding drumsticks looks like he's holding like two chopsticks. <laughs> like a normal person <laughs> holding chopsticks playing air drums. God. But he doesn't even use them all the time because he headbutts the cymbal. Wait, have, have you ever gotten into the, the hole of looking up Shaq holding regular sized things? Like have you ever seen a picture of him holding like a regular sized water and it looks like one of those little mini waters in his hand because oh his hand's so fucking big? Is it like those pictures of Andre the Giant? Yeah, when he's holding like a regular sized beer can and it's like fits in the palm of his yeah. hand with so much room around it. It looks like a bar can. Yeah. Like those little bar cans of Coke. It yeah. looks that big. I've always had this really funny idea that if I was a really, really tall person, I would tell people to call me tiny. Yeah. I think that'd be That's hard. novel. Because I'd no actually be that. really tall and right. not. People would be like, yeah. oh, he's a small guy? No, no, no. He's very tall. And they'd be like, hmm, that subverts my expectations. That name doesn't I find fit him that at all. humorous. Huh. Mm-hmm. His name is tiny, but he's actually quite tall. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm kind of a free thinker. Right, yeah. And really a silly heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> so I, th- I always thought that'd be a good idea. Steve, I'd like Try to give myself a pull here. What, All right, what, you want, what you want to yank on here? Well, <laughs> let's, yank, <laughs> let's yank on this one we haven't tried. All right, so this is a brew here from Destill Brewery, which, uh, where are they out of? Normal Illinois. 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 This is their extended jam, Hazy Ipa, from their Deadhead IPA series. It's a 6.8er. And uh, Kate brought me home a sixer of this from the Merchants of Beer in Knoxville. So you've had it. So I've been drinking on this all week, and I am unable to get tired of it. It's fucking awesome. Awesome. It's kind of a cloudy yellow color. Yeah, but like real light. It's kind of a preview of what your pee's going to look like in the morning. Well, that... That's not a bad look. Yeah. Except for all the haze, the the color's good. Yeah, there you go. It kind of looks like a glass of pineapple juice, I, I mean, honestly. yeah, if you brought this urine, they'd be like, did you ejaculate a lot last night? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is cloudy. Spoilers, it God, also it tastes great. a lot like pineapple. It's like super pineapple mm-hmm. super hazy and juicy. God, you can, it's just, yeah, it's so sweet, juicy. But it's not super, like, sugary. I think that right. you'll really, really dig you gotta it. You got to go in for this one. I mean, like I said, usually by the time I get some kind of crazy beer, by the time I'm done with the six pack, I'm kind of tired of it. I just want more of this. How good is that? Wow. Right? It's a new dimension of flavor. Yeah. That's very drinkable. First, like it's just like. Oh, yeah. You can smash that. Mm-hmm. The the resiny taste kind of comes once you have swallowed it, but yeah, it's, it's real on the fruity. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But not artificially fruity Mm-mm. tasting, you know? No, it just tastes like um, it's got some citrus to it, but it, it's. Pineapple's the main Pineapple, one that I get yeah. out of it, mm-hmm. which I'm very, very, very okay with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Destill. That's awesome, man. D-E-S-T-I-H-L Brewery. You guys be sure to check get them out. Get the H out of there. Yeah, what he said. What he said. So good. All right, now, Steve, the subject of our show today. What it is. Is one Friday the 13th, the final chapter, or as it's sometimes known, part IV, or other times as it's known, part four. Sometimes, sometimes. And other people call it... Uh, Friday the 17th. Yeah. No, they don't. It wouldn't be Friday anymore. Nobody's ever called it that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this movie is noteworthy for being what many people say is the finest entry in the entire Jason saga. For me, it is is 
a constant battle between one, four, and six. Yeah. I think four tends to be my favorite, but I don't know though, man. I was watching, just watching the documentary, Crystal Lake Memories. The Crystal Lake Memories. If you this is your first time tuning in, there's a documentary about Friday the 13th called Crystal Lake Memories. Yeah. It's on Shutter. It's on some other things. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's like seven hours long, close to, and that seems ridiculous. But they cover every single one yeah, of the every movie like a, in a half hour of time. Yeah. So that adds up to like a million hours of yeah, movie. It's amazing. It's by um, the same people that did Never Sleep Again. Yes, which is also amazing. But I, I watched the part about the fourth movie. Yeah, you know, prepare for this. And then I was like, I want to, like, so why did they make the fifth movie? I didn't really remember. So I started watching the part about the fifth movie and then really got into, like, the stuff about the fifth movie. And then it got to the sixth movie and immediately it just hit me like, God damn it, I love this fucking movie. Yeah, dude. And this them talking about it, how much fun they had making it and how ridiculous it is. Six is so good. (laughs) Anyway. I'll also backtrack a little bit. I've been talking a lot recently about part five <laughs> and how like there's no nudity or kills and nothing happens apparently yeah. i am remembering yeah. a different fucking yeah. movie part five is for sure the smuttiest of the friday the 13th it's films. just kills and boobs yeah one of the kills they had to was cut thinking, was man. the new wave goth girl mm-hmm. jason was supposed to chop her in the crotch oh shit yeah, they had to cut that Whoa. and just have him stab her coming in hot yeah lots of breasts and things just gr- like i mean they're gratuitous usually yeah, yeah but at least there's like an explanation we're skinny dipping but like the first boobs you see in part five are just a woman looking in the mirror at herself and then she unbuttons her shirt looks at her boobs and then buttons her shirt back up <laughs> just making sure these things are still yep, active still there yep, still got them yeah. so five's a little i don't know what i was thinking more of. nudity than you remember i guess i'm thinking of part six like i think there's six, like yeah six is pretty tame right very tame as far as nudity goes i feel like seven is two i'm not positive on that one yeah. i haven't seen seven in a while well there's kind of that phase like in the early 80s where you could get away with a lot of stuff and then i think like once they started figuring out well you know they implemented the pg-13 rating yeah and so then studios are like oh if it's rated r then nobody's gonna go see right. it right yeah so we need to you know get it close to that pg-13 range if we yeah. can i think that must have been a well, factor the, ir- the irony is that they had to deal with it like with every single installment of the friday the 13th they had to deal with censors wanting them to cut so many of the kills yeah with part five that was the stuff that they kept having them cut but they didn't have them cut all the boobs hmm. <laughs> like it was like no violence breasts good it's weird that it went like an opposite, opposite way yeah. yeah like it's weird that that movie got away with so much nudity huh and they had to cut so much of the violence maybe it was because it was so violent they were just like something's gotta give something's here. gotta give yeah, yeah something's <laughs> gotta give now the reason why part four is uh most people's most beloved entry into this franchise yeah i think i can boil it down mm-hmm. to one simple element of the movie and yeah. that's that goddamn dance scene yeah it's that when goddamn Crispin dance scene. glover is teaching us all how to feel with our hearts how yeah. to let the rhythm take over right right and at one point it looks like i think he's showing us how to choke a cat there's something like that in there yeah, yeah. where he's doing this yeah yeah it, it kind of reminds me a lot of every time you'd sit down to like play a new like fighting game and you'd mm-hmm. be figuring out the controls yeah and you're just pushing stuff like. yeah it's like what does this one do what does this combination do <laughs> Kind of just makes you look like... He's got like some Elaine kicks in there, yeah, too. Yeah, there's some tiny little kicks yeah. in there. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. 
So I think before we start getting into the review portion of the movie here, Steve, I think we ought to just glide on in so smooth and easily on into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace, Michael McDonald. Oh, Michael McDonald, I love you. I love you too. And I say that we just take a minute here and reflect and celebrate. Yeah. Some of the other more memorable scenes of the art of the dance. Yeah. In horror movies. Let's talk about a few of them. Yeah, let's talk about some of the best and worst, some of the most prominent dances. Well, here's the from thing: is, a lot of times the best ones are the worst. Yeah, ones. that's true. Because you know? I mean, the best one is legit: Crispin Glover and Friday Thirteenth yeah, Part Four. It's the greatest one. Yeah, obviously. And you know, <laughs> it's that because it's whatever. Unbelievably it is. It's weird. Whatever it is. Yeah. So we're not going to bother talking about you know trash dancing like you see in Black Swan and Suspiria. We're not going near it. That's just garbage. We know what we're doing. This is artistic expression. No, no, no. Bullshit. I'm talking about people who can really dance. (laughs) I'm talking about people that really put their souls and their boobs and butts into it. Like our homegirl, Trash. You said Trash. Yeah, exactly right. From Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Linnea Quigley. Who had a clothes allergy in the 80s. Yeah, I think that was problem <laughs> he was allergic to all clothing just get it off of me i yeah. can't stand it um so yeah you, you got her nude dance scene in a, a cemetery in return of the living dead which is i mean a treasure a treasure a punk rock Fuck, i love horror movie. movie it's and so good so awesome and campy but also like really great movie and i would really like it she's hanging out in the cemetery there with uh is it with suicide? Yep, suicide's there and spider and all of them. Yeah, and she's like, "You ever think about death and dying and all the ways you can yeah. die?" And she just gets so riled up, her clothes allergy kicks in. Yeah. Oh no! Got to rip them things off mm-hmm. and expose that she is, I guess, built like a Barbie doll. I suppose. She's, yeah, she's very skinny. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm talking about like the weird crotch piece they had on. Oh her. right, because of the merkin they made her wear. Yeah, yeah. It made it look like basically she didn't have genitalia. Just a flat spot. Yeah, just the old flat spot. But she rocks a dance to some really sassy number mm-hmm. that's like I slept with the devil it wasn't a big deal it wasn't the song I mean, is fucking awesome I can't remember who does it I went through a phase where I just listened to it like on repeat all the time because it's so dumb and shitty it's that's a great, great it's a great scene of dance and self expression of the body yeah Ben let me talk to you about a little movie called Grimlarms Gorm- Gormlins Gimgoms Gremlins. Gremlins Joe Dante's Gremlins Ever Beloved Yep. It has. In Gremlins 1, we get a flash dance into break dance. Hell yes, we do, man. And then in Gremlins 2, kick line. Yeah, a little rocket action going on in there. Now, Gremlins 2 is, of course, one of the most insane movies ever made. It sounds like it is just a cocaine fest. I've not watched it. it. Okay. I've not watched it in. God, man, like, I want to say I haven't watched it in, like, 17 years, but yeah. I re- I don't re- have, like, any memories of it at all. I might not have ever seen it. I don't know that I could claim it's good. Okay. But it is it is one of the most... It is a movie. It is. It's one of those things that you have to see to try to understand why it exists. Mm. And once you do start down that path, it will never end. It's basically like a... It sucks your soul out. Wow. And then reassembles it and then puts it back in you and you're forever changed. 
It's pretty great. Check out Gremlins 2. <laughs> Sounds bedazzling. They should put that review on the box. <laughs> I, hope I think that would move I a lot of units. That's, what, that's so. what they say in the biz. Yeah, it's going to move, move a lot unit. of units. Hey, we're, we're slinging some tent. They're moving units. Yeah, you're damn right they are. Now, one of my favorite dance numbers in all of horror history comes from our homegirl, Jocelyn Donahue. Yeah. In Ty West's immortal beloved classic uh-huh. the house of the devil yes one of my favorite fucking movies yes and uh, this we, dance scene is is great it's awesome yeah. man it's awesome at this point in the movie she's been she thinks alone yeah almost in this house for there's like 40 minutes of this movie with no dialogue yeah it's just her alone quietly in this creepy house i mean it's creepy but it's like only creepy because we expect we know what's going yeah, on yeah we we've seen some shit yeah yeah but she has no idea she's no. just chilling in this house and dancing along she turns on her walkman radio uh-huh turns on a little bit of uh one thing leads to another one by the thing, fix one thing, thing leads to another, another. <laughs> can i be the song guys no michael mcdonald you're fired ooh, ooh, get I'm out crying. of here no i'm crying <laughs> <laughs> that's michael mcdonald so sad. I'm imagining his little shoulders going up. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it's such a fucking great scene in the movie, and I love the song. It's and it's like a good juxtaposition for the viewer because you know the weird shit that's already going on a mm-hmm. little bit. Like you know, we we saw Greta Gerwig get shot before she made yeah. Lady Bird. Um, it's weird that she survived. Yeah, she did that, that. before. Yeah. yeah. She still looks great. Little Shot to no face, visible still scar. Looks great. Yeah. yeah. She did well for herself. A team <laughs> yeah. of very talented surgeons were behind that, that yeah. fix. So there's like a weird tension in that moment where it's like she's having this fun and the music is, you know, fun, but yeah. we know, like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. There's some not savory yeah. business happening behind yeah. them closed doors. God, I love the House of the Devil so much, man. <laughs> I can watch that one any old time. Oh, man. We just talked about this a little bit ago. Yeah. The new wave goth girl in Friday the 13th Part 5. I adore everything about it, dude. It was like a robot sort of thing. Yeah, but somehow less emotional than a robot. Yeah. There's like no emotion to it. No. But it's it's perfect. And she's up there grinding to some kind of like, kind of goth new wave. Yeah. It's like, it's not quite as... As dark as like, you know, like a Bauhaus or... Yeah, apparently she brought that song in. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and they they just paid for the rights to it and put it in the movie. I'd have put on some Sisters of Mercy. Hell yeah. I'd put on some Sisters of Mercy and just jammed that out. Yeah, she's not (laughs) quite true goth, but she's going for it and putting in a pretty pretty stiff, emotionless dance. I think it's that way because it shows us how little of a heart and how little of a soul she has yeah. in this cruel cold world. Yeah. She's black inside. Yeah. She's black inside. like the night. It's a good scene. Very silly. Very, very silly. What do you know about a, about a man? Mm-hmm. What's a neo-Nazi. Right. What be making skin suits out of large ladies. Right. And what tucks his dingling, twixt his legs and does yeah. a little dancing. What do you know about that guy? Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Are you about a size 14? Is she a great big fat person? Oh, wait. Oh, man. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, man. We're talking about a Buffalo Bill in the yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Ooh, what an unsettling scene. Yeah. That, it's a feel bad dance number. It, it is for sure a feel bad dance number. But, first, I mean, he he's going for it. Oh, full out. Yeah. Full out. Well, full 
in, full, I guess. Full tuck. Full back. Yeah, full back. Yeah, full back in there. <laughs> yeah, dude, the first time that I watched that movie, I mean, it was disturbing enough. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, that's kind of the last thing you could expect yeah, you to didn't see. Ex- yeah, you do not expect that to happen. I do remember as a teenager seeing it for the first time and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is weird? What? That's another song that I went through a really weird obsessive streak with where I listened to it like day in and day out yeah. over and over and over. It's Goodbye Horses by Goodbye Q Horses, Lazarus. Yeah. It's the only album Q Lazarus ever did. And it's like a four or five song EP. Wow. I have no idea how they found it, but it huh. could not have been more perfect. It's wow. so fucking weird. You should listen to that EP. It's I will. strange, yeah. man. Q Lazarus is a chick. Okay. I thought it was a dude singing that. All right. I I can see I can see it's the voice kind of androgynous androgynous yeah, yeah is what I was it's gonna c- say kind yeah. of that Tracy Chapman thing where it's like uh-huh. well whatever it's a yeah. person singing a song that's all I know sing a damn song that Buffalo Bill dance scene though man it is just not gonna make you feel good Ben one of my favorite dance scenes yeah is from one of our most beloved installments in the Nightmare on Elm Street I think I know the one you're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street two yes. The dance Jesse's. scene, Jesse's dance scene when he is cleaning his room. Yes. And he he closes the drawer with his wiggling butts. Uh-huh. Little fanny, little uh-huh. fanny bump action. He's got a little drawer. like a uh, cork gun that he's singing into with his sunglasses oh, yeah. on. Quasi erotically working that thing. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think he jumps up on the bed at one he point. He does. He does. And then his mom comes walking in with his uh love interest yeah quasi girlfriend um, i mean his love interest is walks through his check his, out our episode yeah. on it if you want to understand there's what some we're deep about. thoughts in that there's episode. Some, yeah there's some deep thoughts they, they walk through his door that says no girls allowed yeah mm-hmm. that, it's yeah a treasure there's it's a lot going awesome. on in that movie but that dance is real fun yeah i i, I just don't I don't know what rhythm the the butt thrust into the the dresser is to. Like, right, when do you yeah. pull that one out? That's oh, the rhythm of his own heart, the... man. He was yeah. totally just beating that thing around to the rhythm of his own butt. <laughs> Dance to the rhythm of your butt. <laughs> Shake it fast. Yeah. Watch yourself. Watch yourself. Hey, watch yourself. Shake it. Hey, well, hang on. Hang on. Show me what you're working with. Shake your ass. Watch yourself. <laughs> God, I want to hear it. I knew he'd come back. I want to hear Michael McDonald bust a move on that one. Yeah, that's that is that is a great one, man. That's yeah. a great one. One of my favorites is the the super awkward like six person dance scene in the old abandoned mansion in Night of the Demons. Oh man, also Night of the was Lenea Quigley. Also Lenea Quigley. Also, uh, her clothing allergy was still acting acting up. In yeah, that one. yeah, she had a hard time with she it. She did. Yeah, Night of the Demons is a good one. That was the one I, I watched a lot as a kid. Oh really? Yeah, I watched it the first time like a year ago. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I it's not love it. It's not like. I mean, it's not a great movie, of course not. but it just has all the elements. I think of that sort of eighties horror movie that you oh, really yeah. just want. It hits all the buttons. Yep. It's like, it's like when you, you get like some cheap ramen and you look at the ingredients and there's like, no, nothing, nothing natural, nothing here. natural in it, but you eat it and you're like, this is fucking ramen. It tastes great. There's tastes fine delicious. that says made from all outer space ingredients. Yeah. Fine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have some of your alien ramen. It's delicious. Contains no earthbound ingredients. Yeah. And that's Night of the Demons. Yeah, it's pretty and much that's like that. that awkward dancing. Yeah. Have. There's like six people in here. They got a boombox and a strobe light. Uh huh. 
And apparently, like, before the internet, that was enough that you would have a good yeah, time with your friends doing that, I, I guess. I do remember periods before the internet and the things that... It was enough to just have music playing. Yeah, or to throw rocks into the woods. Sure. That was enough there yeah, for a while. Yeah, that was fun. You pretend that there's something you're throwing them at, and yeah. boom, you... Man, that's an afternoon right there. It's really odd because, like, I do remember those times doing stuff like that for mm. an afternoon. Yeah. Like, oh, let's go out and skip rocks on the lake or whatever. Yep. But it really just shows me what, like, absolute sensory junkies we've all become. Yeah. Where it's like, I think I would go out there and do that for 20 seconds and be like, uh, can we go? Like, there's yeah. got to be something gotta better. Gotta check Instagram doing. real quick. Yeah, there's got to be something going no on. No bars out here. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we do love ourselves some dancing around and gyrating in a horror movie i'm sure there's some that we've missed steve i know there's a bunch that we probably forgot oh definitely you guys be sure to let us know your favorite horror movie dance off in the comments if you're listening on youtube or on our facebook or discord pages or any of that kind of stuff be sure to let us know the ones that we skipped over what you guys love and you know steve speaking of our social media pages what what i think it's about time that we give some of our new patrons a little shout 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 out shouts shout shout them all out. out yeah this is a very musical episode know, for some reason i don't know why i'm okay um, with it yeah let these people who have been giving us their hard-earned dollar papers these awesome folks yeah um word omar khan thank Woo! you for giving us money he actually gave us a good bit of money by sending his money on paypal what a as good well. boy what a good so, boy awesome josh Wallraven. thank was you a, the wall raven the infamous oh my god wall raven he's the three-eyed raven yeah. uh-huh that's right he's direct competition I think somewhere out there he's got an arch nemesis called the Sky Raven. What? Yeah, and they battle at dusk. Sky versus wall. Uh, but then I think after that, they become like a tag team. <laughs> yes. Yeah, wall Raven and Sky Raven. Sky Wall, they call themselves. There's got to be a sick team up move there too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and sure. it's off the top rope. Absolutely okay, so. Yeah, and yeah. Sky Raven's definitely going <laughs> off the top. That just makes sense. Yeah. Shout out to Kalani Warpool. Kalani, you're a good warp boy. Warpole? Yeah. A warp zone. Warp zone. He's a good old picking boy. Yeah. That boy likes to pick a few. And I we, also like to pick a few. We've both met Kalani. Yes, indeed we You've have. You've met him a couple times. A couple, two, three yeah. times. He's a good fella. I don't care what people say about him. Oh, shit. Are they talking shit again? <laughs> yeah, 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 don't Sorry worry about, about that, Kalani. We told him to stop. Yeah, we won't. did. We tried to tell him. Shout out to Greg Gardner. Greg Gardner, also a good friend of mine and quite a picker. Also somebody yeah. I met in person. Yeah. A picker and a grinner. Yeah, he's a great dude. John McKiernan. Way to go, John. Uh, you did it. We don't have anything fun to say about John McKiernan. He's a serious kind of guy. Yeah, yeah that John, he's yeah. serious. Stern, stoic. That's how he likes us to think yes. of him. Yes, stern-faced and well-penised. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're saying. And of course, Sean Gilbert. John Gilbert, what's up, man? Thank you so much. Yeah, you guys have been so good to us, giving us your hard-earned dollar papers. If you guys enjoy the show and want to show some support, be sure to go and drop by our Patreon site. Where can they find that? Patreon.com slash deadandlovely. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. And we're building up those tiers, getting some goals so we can get some merch and stuff like that. So every buck counts. So if you enjoy it, drop us a buck oh five. Freedom costs a bucko. That was some Michael McDonald. That wasn't Michael McDonald. Yeah, it wasn't but quite that was there. what they were going for there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, okay, see, the topic of our show today is the so-called final chapter of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, turned I got out some to stuff not to say really about that. Chapter. 
final now, chapterness. This was the first time you'd ever seen the movie before, yep. right? I first skipped time. over this when I was a kid. I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I'll watch all but four. Gotcha. No, the, this one was one that I saw. I remember watching this with my aunt and uncle in their living room uh, when it came out on VHS. Yeah. With me and my cousins. And this was... I don't know. You were probably 25 or so. Yeah, it was around 25. Around yeah. 25, yeah. I, I was a little one, probably about six or five or six whenever. Not a big it boy. It came out on VHS. Not a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when the Corey Feldman, like, reacting to potentially seeing boobs oh, yeah, scene yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, my, he's just wilding out. Yeah. My cousin, uh, Casey, and I both started doing that, and my uncle and aunt thought it was hilarious. And so we would do it every once in a while when we would be watching horror movies and it was about to be boobs. Yeah? Yeah. That was fun. That's awesome. Also, that sounds weird that we were watching uh, a movie that showed boobs with our our aunt, my aunt and uncle, their parents when we were like five or six. Yeah. But uh, that's that was just my growing up. That's what we did when I would go stay with them on like Friday nights during the school year. We would watch horror movies with their parents that's the thing though is i think that like kids that grow up in households where they're not all super fucking squeamish and weird about nudity Mm -hmm. those kids usually end up much better adapted yeah and not with a bunch of weird fucking hang-ups and stuff yeah it's totally okay you know i also like to imagine that you on your mormon honeymoon (laughs) like maybe maybe the first time your new mormon bride is undressing you're Uh doing the same moves and stuff oh yeah that's what i was yeah i was going a mormon like shouting out to yeah. the great Mormon oh, to Mormon. fly down with his flaming pumpkins. Thank you, Mormon. <laughs> For the Mormons. I will tell you this. Yeah, we our honeymoon was a regular honeymoon. We just didn't drink. Ah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. It was pretty pretty much exactly what you would expect from two people who hadn't had sex um, with each other up to that point. A lot of bumping and grinding. A lot of bumping and grinding, yeah. Mm, Not mm. nothing, nothing more going on. We did go see Iron Man two one day because it was mm. raining at the beach. I would call that a low point of the <laughs> of the honeymoon. Yeah, it's not great. It's yeah, that is one of the like like Iron Man two and Thor: The Dark World are both kind of just yeah. yeah. I do like how in an, uh, Endgame that kind of made that Thor movie kind of important though they did they That's brought true. back elements of uh-huh. it that was kind of cool by me yeah it did help out that. a little bit but it's still not a great movie I do want to know how Rocket got that ether stuff back in Natalie Portman <laughs> you ever thought about that that's a good question yeah because it had to go back it had to go back in her it was in it was in her yeah yeah that's a deleted scene that might not ever see the light of day. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yes, a, a raccoon-looking creature <laughs> trying to figure out how to put a red, red goo goo back into in a, a human woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, they had to cut that. I bet they shot it though. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I'm sure Natalie Portman was all for it. Well, yeah. Well, she's like, I didn't show up on set to not have lines or do anything. Yeah. Let's get that red fluid in. While we're at it, let's go for it. <laughs> So I watched this for the first time whenever I watched through the entire, um, well, actually, I can't even say I watched through all of the Friday the 13th movies because there's still a couple I haven't seen. Okay. I think it was a couple of years ago on Amazon. They just put up like one through, I guess it was all the way up to Ghost of Hell. probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched through all of them in the course of like two or three days. Watched through all of them. Had never seen any of them before. I think that's why in my 
in my head I fuck up what happens in a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know? Like yeah. what I've been doing with five lately. Well yeah. I mean but they they can easily run together, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're pretty much all a bunch of kids are doing something, Jason shows up and kills them. Yeah. And then he goes to Manhattan and it gets weird. Yeah. And then he goes to space and hell. He's all over the He's place. He's a world traveler. Those movies are a bit different, but still pretty much the same. Yeah, still pretty much the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So I watched this one and you know, if you guys have listened to our show, you know that I love one, I love two, three mm. is okay. Eh, I didn't like it at all. It's not that great, yeah. man. People really idolize that third one. I know, I know, I get it. I, I mean, like you know, you just you have your ones. It's fine. Four is the one I remember the best from my childhood. So yeah. like it, I mean, I think a lot of people like four because it's a, I think a good movie. Yeah, but. Uh, for me, it, it also has that nostalgia. So if three is your nostalgia one, I get it, or five or whatever, everybody's going to have their nostalgia one, the one that brought them into the series. Yeah. Yeah. But this one just has so much going for it that makes it, I think, so much more memorable and identifiable Yeah. from the other ones. You know, it's like I'm constantly messing up which kill happened in what movie, but it's like I know this one, like the back of my hand, and yeah. I've only seen it a couple times just because everything that happens in it is so iconic. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the fucking Double Mint Twins are the in double here. Double Mint Twins are in it. Crispin Glover, Crispin we already Glover, mentioned. Amazingly awesome and mm-hmm. weird in here. we got a Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Who, hey, shout out to Corey Feldman. I met you at Nam like two or three years ago. Do you ago. remember? He might remember, maybe. What if he does? Could be. Yeah. Maybe he listens. He might. He probably does. Maybe, hey, Corey. Maybe he, uh, maybe he turns on my guitar lesson videos to teach his angels how to shred. <laughs> He's got angels. Yeah, don't you remember that? I don't know much about Corey Feldman's adult life. Ooh, man, it's it's a strange place. Yeah. So, do you remember he had that that music thing he was like yeah. pursuing a couple years yes. ago? So his band was all these like gorgeous ass chicks oh, okay. in lingerie, oh. and they were called his angels, mm. and they wore like angel wings and stuff. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they did either. Yeah, probably not. I don't know if that's still going on or not. Yeah. It seemed kind of like a weird cult. Yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you, uh, whenever people talk about Corey Feldman being a bit off, it's like, well, he was molested by a bunch of, bunch of uh, powerful people in Hollywood as a kid. Yeah. And they sort of passed him around. and Yeah. So well, that'd make you a bit weird. That'll probably yeah. stick with a person and yeah. make them make odd life choices i suppose yeah you so know? Corey feldman had a sad life probably but Let's gave us nice so many great him. movies he really fucking did and he was great in them yes the lost boys yeah. <laughs> Not, fucking he's awesome. great in that he's amazing yeah not one of my favorite movies but he's so good in i it. love the lost Boys. i know i love, I, love I get it. that a lot of people do and it, it, i get the fun of it for sure obviously the goonies goonies is so good goonies is the reason why he didn't come back for part five but the thing is is apparently contrary to popular belief goonies do say die they do die 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 <laughs> He, he does. does. He yeah. does say that. They do too say it. Yeah. God damn it. That's true. That at least one does. Maybe they mean by that that no more than one Goonie says die. Is it no more than one total or no more than one at a time? Like could they stand in a circle and all say die <laughs> in a round? But like, if they overlapped, it would be catastrophic. I don't know. Like if he and Martha Plimpton were in the same room. But looking opposite directions, could they say die? Yeah. <laughs> or if they feel like they're separate at the time, like they're both on their phone. Mm, that's, that's a, a good, good question. question. <laughs> that really, really is. Hmm. 
Um, but yeah, they do say it. Corey Feldman, yeah, he's, he's um, this in this year that this came out, 1984. Less than two months after this, he was in Gremlins. Good like, lord, man, racking up the hits. Yeah. So uh, and you know we covered Gremlins uh, Christmas some time last ago. Year. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, but he he really like was on the ascent at this point, and he. He's great in this. He's charming. He was a super charming kid. He he delivers his lines well. Yeah. He doesn't sound like a kid acting. He sounds like a kid being a kid. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing about it, right? Like, a lot of those kid actors, mm-hmm. especially in the 80s, were just fucking horrible. Like, there's yeah. kids in the gate and stuff like that. But he, he also... I think he impresses us because we think of him as younger than he is. He's 11 in this movie. He's always been. He's a just little a smaller dude. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was awesome in the Burbs too. Can't forget the oh, Burbs. Oh man, so fucking yeah. good. Oh my god. He's in so many good movies. Yeah. yeah. And in this movie, he plays Tommy Jarvis. Uh huh. Which this is kind of the start of the Tommy trilogy. Yes. This five and six. Now five moves forward five years. And gets an actor that's like 20 years older. I was going to say, he sure did age a lot in those five years. Yeah, that's a little weird. But yeah, and then they have a different actor for six as well. So Tommy Jarvis has a trilogy, but he's played by three different people in that trilogy. Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the the thing they set up in Nightmare on Elm Street with Christy or Kirsty. Oh, right. But then they couldn't get Patricia Arquette back. So yeah. And Tuesday night just was not. Oh, Patricia man. Arquette. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, and he's lo- loosely based off of Tom Savini, this right. Tommy Jarvis. He's, I mean, the name is comes directly from Tom Savini, and he, he also does the Tom Savini thing. Yeah, making, making special effects. Special effects, yeah. Masks and stuff like that, which is just cool to see that, like, already by this point, this came out in, what, 84? 84, yeah. Like, Tom Savini was already such a legend that it was like, let's sneak in tributes to him yeah. in huge blockbuster movies, because uh-huh. he's that fucking important. Yeah. The Wizard of Gore. It's so great. Man, I, I'm glad he came back for this. Joe Zito got him to come. Uh, Joe Zito, when he signed on to this project, they already had somebody else doing the effects. And that guy left due to creative differences, which I imagine was a conversation saying, hey, I want you to leave because I want my buddy Tom Savini yeah, to come. I found Tom on. Savini would do yeah. it. So. Uh, and Tom Savini came back to the series. You know, he, he did the effects in the first one. Yeah, but, he sidestepped two because he was yeah. like, but Jason's not alive. Yeah, he didn't get the Jason thing at all and then just came back because it was like, eh, whatever. Makes yeah. sense. But yeah, he nails it. Like, all the effects are exactly what you expect from Tom Savini. Yeah, they're top notch. Perfect, fun. Like the the sliding down the machete at the end, that's incredible, amazing, dude. That's the thing is like not only are the special effects in this amazing, and there are a ton of them, yeah, but also the editing used is yeah. fucking tight, man. They had to because um, the the sensors were like just sending it back to them every time oh, really? with notes every time, and they 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 what they decided to do was to cut as little as possible from Jason sliding down the machete. That they was thought like the that was like shot. They really? have to have that. So they would cut from all the other kills as, as much as they could. Really? So that's why it, it looks so tight. That. That's why it looks so tight and actually ends up making the editing look great. That's the thing, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of an accident, but it looks great. It's so tight. Like, everything's super effective and quick. Yeah. yeah. And it goes by so quickly, too, that you don't even really notice that yeah. there's 
uh, an appliance or that it's yes. a fake head or yeah. whatever. It all goes by so fast. But then, like, in your memory, you remember them as these very uh-huh. brutal, agonizing scenes where Jason's, like, crushing this guy's head in the shower and stuff like uh-huh. this. In reality, it's, like, maybe half of a second. It's so amazing how they were able to do... And again, it's, like, necessity. Um, if, if it's going to get an X rating instead of an R rating, you know, they had to keep cutting it. But... Right. They knew what to cut. They knew where to cut, and they knew where it would still look good. That's you a, got that's to know where to cut the flick. Know where to cut the flick. Okay, I kind of ran oh, out of Kenny. steam early on that one. Yeah. kind of ran out of steam on that. I want to. I want to talk about uh, the production of this little. Now, why hang on, this before, before you get on this insider bullshit, What's I, got, I just got to get a pull. Oh man, I can't be having you telling me all this industry stuff on a this? on a, a dry whistle. You get a pull, I'm going to get a yank. Get a yank on that get thing. Get a yank of it. This is the second week in a row we have had the Shorts Brew Psychedelic, what's it called? Psychedelic Catgrass. Catgrass. Yeah. Which is given to us by old notorious RDM, Roger Dean Miller. We had this last week. It's extremely oh, good. It's so good. It's, it's a week older a- than it was last week. Yeah, let's see if it's changed a little because this is supposed to be drank immediately. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of those sort of sharper notes from last week will probably be a bit dulled but could that be. also can make it have a, a bit more of a mature taste so mm, maybe it's like that we'll find out about what it. if it tastes like piss oh yeah what if it tastes like the, the entire contents of my refrigerator <laughs> it's like oh i can taste a curry in wow. here wow that wouldn't be bad would it maybe not i'd try a curry be beer. crazy enough to try i found a red curry potato chip at walmart that's mm. fucking amazing like crazy. It's got like powdered coconut and curry it's paste. It's still and stuff. good. So good. It's oh, yeah. The still beer's good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. Red curry potato great. chip. That sounds awesome. They were ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I blew through them. I could see like a. Like if somebody made like a mango. Mm, still like good. if Mo, Mozang or Mozango. Is yeah, that yeah. the Lagunitas, the, the mango, mango one? one? Yeah. If that had a bit of curry to it. I don't think that it's a nutty idea at all. Yeah. Well, especially too, if you really pump up the. Let's say the lemongrass and the coriander yeah. and the cardamom aspect. Yeah, get all those paste. other sort of spices going. The galangal and ginger oh, and things man. in there. Holy shit. It could be really good. There might be a brew that exists, but if not, Trademark didn't look. <laughs> yeah, and if there is, send us one. Send, yeah, we would love to drink it. Yeah, we love drinking beers that our fans send us. So mm-hmm. yeah, seriously, write us an email. We'll Let give us you a know. PO box where you can send us some beers and stuff like that. All right, all right, so hit me with this insider production stuff here, Hollywood. Okay, it's me, Hollywood Steve. So, Frank Mancuso Jr., he, with part three, kind of wanted it to finish. He wanted it to be a trilogy, and he wanted that to be the end. I guess he hated making money. What an idiot. Um, there's some stuff that's going on back in there, and I, I can't say anything for sure, but, I mean, Frank Mancuso Sr. was CEO of Paramount. He put Frank Mancuso Jr. on Friday 13th Part 2 as yeah. an assistant, uh, and then he... In part three, he was a executive producer, and he kind of wanted to move away from that, at least as from what I could gather from what I read. He wanted to move away from being the horror movie guy to, you know, be able to make other stuff. Okay. But at the end of three, Paramount wanted a four, and he decided, all right, well, this will be it. The final, the final chapter. chapter. Yeah. Okay. And so the idea was that they were going to kill him. For real, this would be the end. Um, but even while they were making it, when they came to the point of 
killing Jason with a machete. Apparently, Tom Savini was like, well, we could do a few different things. We could decapitate him. We could, like, stab him, whatever. And they were like, let's not decapitate him. Yeah. And everybody was like, head on okay, there. so there's going to be a five. Gotcha. They built it. You're saying they built in a escape door for themselves. Yes. Just, exactly. just in case. Because I think everybody knew. It's like, there's yeah. definitely got to be more of these. They cost nothing to make. Well, in the ending of this, there's like, it's obviously a setup for Tommy is going to become Jason. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's pretty clear. Right. But that, of course, doesn't happen because Corey Feldman had to leave. So, yeah, because since Corey Feldman had to leave, they, they couldn't do the the fifth part the way they wanted it. That's too bad because I would have loved to have seen him yeah. come back and reprise the role of Tommy. That would have made more sense than what does happen in five. Yeah. For sure. But anyway, Mancuso thought the reason why he wanted to finish the series mm-hmm. is that he thought that the critical backlash against slashers... And the slightly declining box office returns on a lot of slashers meant that the slasher craze was over. This is 1983 when he's thinking this. Good Guess Lord. what movie hadn't been made? Nightmare on Elm Street. Wait, wait, wait. This is still pre-Elm Street. Yeah, it came yeah, out in 84. This movie is pre-Elm Street. Yes. Yeah. It's insane. Holy shit. He thought it was over. He thought this I is done. I always forget like, how much earlier... The, the 13th movie yes. started before everything yeah. else. And they made one a year, too. So it was like... Fast. Yeah, fast, real fast. fast. Wow, man. So he was thinking it was over. Well, see, I there was kinda, no use in it. I kind of wondered, honestly. And, and now that you're kind of saying that he was dealing with the, the critical, mm-hmm. concerned parents and stuff like this. Yeah. I even kind of wondered if the way that he made Tommy, who is obsessed with horror movies and stuff like this, mm. snap and become a murderer at the end was some kind of commentary on like this filth mm. being in his brain or something, that. you know? Yeah. Like if this that. is a horror movie that is commenting on yeah. how bad horror movies are or something. Maybe. Yeah, it's got some of that to it. I would say like, because we just talked about this with Sleepaway Camp 2, like the, the two kids in Sleepaway Camp 2 that are obviously sort of representative of the audience of Sleepaway Camp 2. The ones that are taking nude pictures through the windows. But yeah, Tommy Jarvis does seem to be the audience. Like, I mean, he, he's bought in. He's doing the special effects himself. He's right. so obsessed with them. But yeah. he's the one that's, you know, jumping up and down over boobs. Yeah. The same way you are as a kid exactly. watching this and stuff, too. Yeah, huh. and, and that's exactly... I mean, uh, Corey Feldman said that in the documentary. <laughs> Let me read the exact quote. He said... Uh, the biggest thing for me was boobies. Some boobies. Okay. I was an 11 year old. I'm like, I get to do scenes with boobies. Like, like that's he, that's what we all were at that point. Cause this was pre internet porn. This is pre like this proliferation of seeing nudity. It was like a huge treat, yeah, especially yeah. as a prepubescent to pubescent guy where you're like, what is going on with everything under a woman's clothes? Mm-hmm. I need to understand. Uh, so, like, yeah, maybe that that is sort of what was going on. Let me talk a little bit, though. I, I got Joseph Zito, the director of this, who we already said directed Prowler. Yeah, which is a which is a pretty pretty cool movie. It's yeah, okay. decent, uh, great Savini effects. Savini effects. The great kills are kills. all amazing. It's really worth sitting through the Prowler just yes. to watch the kills. I've said just that before. To see I maintain it. The the shotgun, uh, the pitchfork kill, the pitchfork kill. Like so oh, many man. great kills. In so there. good. Um, so Joe Zito directed that, and I love Joe Zito's career and. 
I don't know much about him. I just know that he did the Prowler. That's he kind of did all the Prowler before this, and then he did this. He also did a couple Chuck Norris movies. Ooh. Missing in Action and Invasion USA. Ooh. Invasion USA is, if you saw the poster of it, you'd recognize it immediately. It's iconic. He's standing there with like two Tech Nines that are blasting off. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is it also the one where he wears jeans and kicks somebody? Yes. That one. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one. And it's got that, that soundtrack song by Led Zeppelin where Robert Plant says baby a lot. It's my favorite one. <laughs> and it's everyone's favorite Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, the one where he says where baby. Robert Plant says baby a lot. A lot, right. Uh-huh. Here's the thing, though. Joe Zito was signed on in the late 80s. Following the success of Friday the 13th, part four, signed on to direct Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yeah. Canon Films had the rights to Spider-Man at the time. Now, Canon Films, not known for making good movies. They made what su- year would this be around? Uh, mid Sorry. to late 80s. So okay. Uh, okay. after Friday the 13th, um, basically. But well before we'd have the technology needed to make a good Spider-Man movie. Oh, definitely. Now, oh, my God. Here, let me do, I just want to tangent films. this to talk about the canon film Spider-Man that never came to be. I don't know anything about this. It was originally to be directed by Toby Hooper. Look out. What? That old cokehead was going to do a Spider-Man movie? Yeah. That would have been um, nutty as shit. And the original script of Spider-Man was more like Wolfman. Wait, wait, where, wait. I heard about this. Where he would turn into an eight-legged Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's like he had never even picked up the comic, but just entirely wrote based on the name Spider-Man. What would that yeah. be? A man who is also a spider. Yes, I heard about this. Mm-hmm. I did not know that this was connected to him. Yeah. What so, the fuck? That sounds horrible. Uh, Menachem Golem. Uh, well, hold on. What was that fucking name? He's a, he was the head of Canon Films. Canon Films, you need to understand. I think they fought one of those in the Lord of the Rings. They did. A <laughs> they Menachem fought a Golem. Menachem Golem. <laughs> uh, so they made Superman 3. One of the legit, the worst comic book movies ever made. Is that the one with the people that get caught in the glass? It's the one with Richard Pryor. Oh, Richard Pryor's in it. Yeah. Which is the one I'm talking about where the people get stuck in like the the flat sheet. Oh, yeah. The 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 Kryptonians. Yeah, that's that's the end of two, right? Yeah, with Zod. Yeah, Yeah, three is the one that's just like they try to act like it never even happened. Yes. It's like the Crystal Skull. They also produced the He-Man movie. The Master of the Universe movie? Yes. Which is one of the worst movies of all time. It is a... Silly ass movie. Yeah, Canon Films not known for making quality products and not known for translating characters people already love into good films. They're known for understanding licensed properties for sure. Right, for sure. So they brought on Joe Zito, who said he wanted to make something true to the comic book because he was an actual fan. And Joe Zito, like you know, some of the people they were considering for the movie at the time, Tom Cruise for Spider-Man. Oh. Uh, Stan Lee as J. Jonah Jameson. Real. Yeah. Like, okay. They, they were considering real names. Like, uh, Aunt May was, uh, they were looking at uh, a couple of... Marissa Tomei. They were looking at Marissa Tomei at the time. She Got was it. a child. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were looking at some big names and they, they had an actual real budget at a certain point. And the script was rewritten by Barry Cohen who wrote the screenplay for Friday the 13th the final chapter. Oh, okay. Here's some things about Barry Cohen's script that you might find interesting. Barry Again, Cohen. we're talking 
during a Friday the 13th episode about a Spider-Man movie that never happened. I'm but fascinated. I just found this so interesting. Here's just some of the highlights of his script. Dr. Octopus. <laughs> Dr. Octopus. I never think of him as being called Dr. Octopus. He's Doc Ock. Doc Ock. Yeah, okay. yeah. Dr. Octopus is known as Professor Octopus. Oh, okay. So he's not quite so reached his doctorhood yet. He's Prof Ock. Oh, Prof Ock, he's called. <laughs> hmm. Prof Ock has an assistant named Wiener. I like to think that while Dr. Octopus was going through school, he was also briefly known as like Bachelor Octopus. Yeah. Master Octopus. Master Octopus. Actually, Master Octopus sounds pretty badass. It really does. And honestly, when I got my master's degree, I thought like, that's better. Like, master sounds better than doctor to me. It does. Master. Yeah. Master. Because if you say doctor, people are like, oh, you like medicine. Do you think the reason Doc <laughs> Ock is so mad is because of how much student loans he has to pay off? Because he chose to be a doctor of octopus. I'll tell you right now, if I had some Doc Ock limbs, I'd rob a bank. I think I would rather be just an associate of octopusery. <laughs> you know? <laughs> much less pressure, much less loans. It's true. An associate of yeah. octopusery. You're not often told you're overqualified. That's true. You know? It's not really much of an issue. He had an assistant named Wiener. I like it already. Who was the one who killed Uncle Ben, though they didn't reveal that. It was going to be, I guess, for the sequel, huh? Uncle Ben was killed by Wiener? By Wiener. Oh my god, he got fucked to death. Do with that what you will, internet. And uh, Prof Ock (laughs) said okie dokie multiple times in the script. That was like his thing. Yeah. He really understood this license. Really got it. Really got it. Very, very well. What happened was the budget got slashed a whole bunch and then Joe Zito left and then it eventually just fell apart. Yeah. But... I just, Joe Zito's career is so interesting because like those those uh, I believe those Chuck Norris movies were Canon films. So he was working with Canon films throughout this. He made two Chuck Norris movies and a Dolph Lundgren movie for them that are all just those like Rambo ripoffs, basically. Yeah. And it, it just seems like such a waste because he did a great job with this movie. Yeah. It's great. Not to dude. say that I'm sure he got paid well to do those other movies. I'm I'm sure his career was fine. Uh, he seems like a very happy, fun guy in the documentary. So I, I just, it seemed like so strange to me that he was on the precipice of directing Spider-Man and then just nothing. Hmm. But of course, at that at that time, Spider-Man wouldn't have been a big deal. People right. wouldn't have been like, oh, you're going to direct Spider the Spider-Man? Yeah. Right, yeah. Did he ever go on to do anything else like really big in his career that we know? No. Damn, no. that's too bad. It is sad, yeah. Yeah, because really, I mean, this is great. The Prowler is good. It's good, yeah. They're both well directed. Stuff. Like, it's not his fault uh, that the Prowler story is a little... It's just kind of boring. Convoluted and boring. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, he did a great job. So, I, I kind of want to see Joe Zito's Spider-Man with yeah. Prof Ock and Wiener, the what, killer of Uncle Ben. What if there was a double feature in an alternate universe where you could watch that and the ill-fated Superman Tim Burton oh, movie? Oh man, I would love to see Tim Burton's Superman with Nicolas Cage as Superman. It sounded just Insane. fucking silly. Yeah. Just super, super yeah. silly and stupid. You've seen like the behind the scenes like yeah, shots and, and I've stuff heard like that. I've heard Kevin Smith talk about oh, being yeah. brought in. Those stories like, are awesome. Yeah, those stories are amazing. They really dude. wanted to put that mechanical spider in there, yeah, no matter dude. what. That was the thing. 
Somewhere in an alternate universe, those movies happened. And then, like, nobody watched another comic book movie. Because they were again. like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> oh, P.S. Uh, this is neither here nor there. But I heard a rumor that Marvel is considering a Moon Knight movie. I also heard a rumor that Keanu Reeves is going to be in the MCU. As what? Maybe Moon Knight. No way. I hope not, though. He's way better than... Uh, like he, he he could be something completely different. I think more like Adam Warlock or something Dude. would work for him. Because Adam Warlock is somewhat Keanu. Moon Knight has to be a little insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Keanu, has to be a little surreal yeah. and strange. Yeah. Moon Knight's... Like, I'm excited for that, though. I, yeah. I think, though, that would have been better if they had brought Moon Knight in for, like, the Defenders and... and um you know the Jessica Jones, the kind of Luke lower Cage tier stuff. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's not like a big name. Yeah, he's more street level. Yeah, yeah. And people do call him rip off Batman, though he's he's, he's not. Yeah, they just both happen to be rich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, honestly, like Iron Man is more rip off yes. Batman. Iron Man is much more Batman than for sure. Mark Spector is no Bruce Wayne. I always thought the Moon Knight costume was sick. So too. cool. Yeah. So cool, man. Now, of course, the real star of this movie. Is Jason? Yeah, by this he is. by this point, you know, Jason had, He's had the gotten a his story mask, of this movie. <laughs> the A story, yeah, he yeah. really, really is. He had gotten his hockey mask, mm-hmm. the iconic mask in three. Before that, we had him in the old tater sack. Yeah. Kind of look. And of course, in one, he's, he's not really in it at we all. We see some cops doing um, some some just horrendous police work. Just yes. grabbing the axe, putting it in a bag not big enough for it. Jesus. Incompetence. Our tax dollars at work, ladies and right. gentlemen. Right. Come on. <laughs> and Jason in this is played by a new feller. Yeah. Um, Ted White, who is awesome. Uh, listen, I seriously think this is my favorite Jason. Really? I really Even do. better than Kane Hodder. I do. I think wow. so. There is something about the way... He's, he's really great. I'm not... I mean... Yeah. I, I'm not finding that outrageous. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't hear that often. Kane Hodder is usually everybody's yeah, favorite. Yeah, he's kind of the go-to Ted guy. White is so fucking good. I mean, it probably helps that he's in this one, and this is my favorite of the entire franchise. Yeah. It probably helps, but just... I'll say this, even from an impartial viewer, like mm-hmm. uh, whenever I watched this the other night for the show, Kate was watching it with me and she had never seen it before. Oh yeah, that's right. And she's not really a fan of the 13th movie. She's not really much of a that. fan of, of slashers in general, honestly. I get that. They're not really there's nothing woman to them. friendly. Most well, of them, I would too. say, honestly. Yeah, there's that too. But, you know, even she was like, this movie isn't doing much for me, but he is terrifying. Yeah. As Jason. She's like, he is the way he moves. truly menacing. And, and like he, everything is so physical. Like a yeah. lot of the kills Forceful. in other movies are like he finds an implement. But a lot of this is like him slamming people into shit. Yeah. And pulling people out of windows. It's and stuff. very visceral. Yeah. Yeah. And even like the way that he chose to walk and stuff yeah. like this. He moves faster it's than fast. other Jason have. Yeah. But it's, I, but it's not like crazy running man fast it's like purposeful like Uh i need to kill this person focus fast i have a theory i want i want to get into this and this is this is a head canon thing because as we know the jasons just changed they were different actors so they all acted differently Mm -hmm. but for me it seems that jason in part two is more aware of his mortality oh he's way more human he's scared of that chainsaw he's scared of chainsaw Part three, he seems more driven. And then in part four, I noticed this. He, almost all of his kills are stealth kills. 
Meaning no one sees him coming and no one else sees it happen. That's true. He sneaks into that guy's tent and breaks his gun. That's Jason would just kill him, you would think, in it's other four, movies. It's like forethought. But in this, he, yeah, he's thinking, like, if he pulls that gun, he can kill me. I just, like, barely escaped an axe wound to the head. Like, I got to prevent him from killing me. So he's well aware of his mortality in this, and he is moving with more purpose, and he has more of a plan as he does it. Hmm, right. And then this one is the one where he does actually die. Like, the oh. end of this is the end of his mortality. because so he's he's, this, this hasn't hit zombie Jason yeah. undead Yeah, because like some people yet. think of him as like undead in this. I think you get, you get a, an axe to the frontal lobe like that, people for some reason think that murders you. I mean, people shoot themselves in the head and don't yeah, die. Yeah, people like Phineas Gage had a goddamn rail running through his head. Right. And they just removed it. I mean, slightly changed his personality, though some of that is debatable. So, like, he, he's not dead. There's no reason to believe he's dead and then risen from the dead here. Because he breathes. The undead that's don't true. have to breathe. Yeah, we, that, that's that the first true. indication he's alive is as they're about to close the door on the, the, yeah, the locker. The, thing, yeah, yeah, the freezer that he's in. You see his breath right. come up. So, he's breathing. He's still aware of his mortality. He's, he's working in the shadows and stuff. And then this movie is the one where he actually dies, and then he's not in five. Hmm. And then six, he's brought back by a lightning bolt to the chest, and he's like rotten flesh and stuff. But That's in, a good point, actually. Yeah. In this one, we see his face, and he's not rotten. No, he's not all. He just looks like he did yet. in the first one. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I hadn't really yeah. thought about it that way, I but mean, that I, does make sense. I mean, it's like, yeah, after he's fucking brought back Frankenstein style right. by lightning bolt, yeah, then he's this undead immortal. Right. And he's got weird, crazy powers and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because at the end of three, he got hit in the head with the axe and stuff. Right? Yeah. And and it's not that deep. It's stuck in his skull, which, of course, looks brutal, yeah. but that's not enough to kill you. Right. It might affect your ability to see or your speech area or something but it's well he he don't talk anyway so he doesn't talk anyway he's so a strong silent they hit that brokaw's area is that the brokaw's area thing? i believe that has to do with speech. the hanka's area oh hanka's area yeah that's, that's right where he the does bird all cage those is. voices in the bird cage right well that <laughs> would make sense the hanka's area is where all the voices are the, ver- right. the verbal part <laughs> Yeah, so, yes, it does total, make sense. If the Broca's area, I'm pretty sure it deals with speech, may deal with hearing. We're not positive. But if it does deal with speech, they should change it to Just the Hanka's area. And, you know, that makes sense, too, with one of the other <laughs> things that I was going to say I really like about this movie is how they don't go through any effort to explain how he was resurrected. Yeah, because they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Because he he didn't die. That's it. Like, in all the Freddy movies, there's always like, well, how did they bring him back? Right. In the next movie, uh, well, how did they bring him back? uh, uh, Other than Rennie Harlan's A Dog Pissing Fire, none of them make as much sense. No, none of them are really... A Dog Pissing Fire, though. Yeah, it's like... "Ah, Rennie Harlan's best idea ever. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) Because honestly, at the end of the day, like we said in our episode uh, a month or so ago, it's like, it doesn't doesn't matter matter how you bring him back. You just want to know that Freddy's back because that's who you want to see in this And that's why I think that's why six is so good. Six, Friday 13th part six is so good because they bring him back in a Frankenstein fashion. It's just so comical and crazy. Over the top. Yeah. And they just said, I think they say, do they say at the end of this one or is it in five that he was cremated? Oh yeah. And one, (laughs) they do say that he was. I forgot about that. Yeah. Hmm. So it's just like, nah, we were lying about that. But 
it doesn't matter. That yeah, does, so who cares? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah, so that makes sense. That definitely does make sense. But yeah, I just I just love how intimidating and physical yeah. and aggressive the Jason in this, this movie is. This movie in general starts out aggressive. I mean, aside from the two and a half minutes of this Recap, is what happened yeah. in all the other movies. Uh, it starts with the title screen of the mask yeah. that then fucking Plows explodes. Yeah. I love it. It's the so final stupid. Chapter. It is so dumb. Yeah. The best dumb one, of course, is six when with the the James, the James Bond. Bond. Yeah, yeah. But this one is fucking because like three was the one where it smashed through the glass, right? I think and so, that was already 3D. like yeah. that's weird. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they just raise the stakes fucking make it explode <laughs> maybe the logo was full of gasoline and yeah. c4 <laughs> it just starts off so like boom and then like in i um i was saying this when we were talking earlier this has like action movie beats to it it starts out yeah. like after the you know Events previously of the on one. yeah uh, it starts out with a helicopter overhead we're in the middle of action this is the exact ending like right at the end of part three, right middle of action, he gets taken to the hospital, comes back to his senses, and then it's just like bam, 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 like action, action. It's very action. like lethal weapony. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like he's out for revenge. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Like he's like, I'm gonna go back to that motherfucking place and kill everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's even like a chase sequence and stuff. Yeah, there's a chase. The last twenty minutes are him chasing around. Our, our Trish, main girl, Trish, yes. yes, our main, our final girl, who I didn't expect to be our final girl. I expected Sarah. Yeah, yeah, the virginal one, mm-hmm, who they right. kept indicating her virginality, which is like horror the movie scream, trope. Yeah. yeah, the scream definition of a, a final girl. But this is a, a reminder here that that's not necessarily it. Trish is our girl. We don't ever get a virginal uh, feeling off of her. She pursues a man mm-hmm. specifically, like she's. Uh, aggressively the girl, dude, pursue the, the girls go after the dudes they in this do. movie mm-hmm. they really do they really do it is an aggressive movie with a lot of like it also has good stunts in it which you don't hell see. yeah like you always see good kills but the one of the double mint twins being pulled through the window and dude. landing on that car and the windows blowing out i love that's that so cool. shot dude and this yeah. movie just in general Blew so much money on the glass budget. Yeah, they break so much. Everything glass. goes through Fuck windows glass, in here. They Fuck said. glass, dude. Everything <laughs> in this movie. I actually I kept a tally of it. Yeah, there were five or six different things that fly through windows <laughs> in this movie, including Jason himself, a corpse, a dog, a bunch of people, a dog. Yeah. More on that dog yeah, later. Yeah, more on that dog later. We'll talk about Gordon later. <laughs> but dude, so many things get thrown through windows really in this movie. Do. I love it. And Jason like kicks down two different doors. Oh, the shower also, the shower door. Yeah, yeah. Man, like everything's just getting broken, kicked down, like it like is this, real just aggressive and destructive. Made to really stress out contractors, I think. <laughs> or actually probably to make them be like, "All right. <laughs> yeah, I got another job to do right uh-huh. here." <laughs> that door was hung like shit, you could tell. <laughs> That's my contractor voice. I'm That's not really a good sure why. Contractor voice. You know that door's hung like shit. You can tell. The thing is, is like later on, whenever that guy goes home after hard day's job, he becomes Baja Jacket Stoner Guy Man for twenty. Hey, buddy, when I'm at work, I'm all work. When I'm off work, it's all party. It's party zone, dude. Huh? <laughs> Baja Jacket. 
<laughs> I can't remember what episode Baja Jacket Guy appeared on. I, it may have been Mother. I think I, I think Lindsay uh, was here. Yeah, I think or that's it right. Or yeah. the episode before. It might have been that one. <laughs> anyway, so this yeah, this movie's full of good stunts, also full of great kills. We've already Fantastic. talked about the machete kill, but there's so many other good. Oh ones. my god, dude! So the first kill. Well, not the first kill, but the first kill that I think of when I think of this movie is that completely pointless hitchhiker kill. Yeah, I have a problem with that one, actually. Why does that happen? I think it helps set up that Ted's kind of a dickhole, but actually the thing is that Ted's Ted's character is hard to nail down because uh, Ted and Crispin Glover, when they were together, were improvising almost everything they were saying. Apparently. Because they worked so well together. That's awesome. It is awesome. And Crispin Glover comes off as super hilarious straight man. Like his ability to be not only a straight man that's like, say, what do you mean? But a straight man who's like, I'm not sure about that. Like he's just so like. Crispin Glover's character in this has this weird thing of like, he was playing a guy who was trying to be serious, but was accidentally being funny in a horror movie that he didn't know he was in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like there were a lot of layers to why he acted the I, way he did. I think it's all intentional. The man, I like, do too. Like, I up, think it's all intentional. I mean, his dad was an actor. His mom was a, a, a singer, I think, or a dancer. Mm. And he grew up in LA. Like, he he knew what he was doing. The he was guy, born to be weird. Born to be weird. Yeah. And nailing it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, well, and the impression I get about that guy too is like, he is not in it for money or fame or chicks no, he or doesn't whatever. have to be yeah. like he just kind of does whatever the fuck he wants to and usually what yeah. he wants to do is weird ass shit yeah and it's great yes and yeah. he's better for it i like he's really great of course in back to the future he's really great in people versus larry flint willard yeah. I, he was great in charlie's angels he's weird as hell in charlie's angels i loved him as uh is it Mr. World in American Gods? Right. Yes. He was fucking He's awesome. So great. He was perfect in that, dude. He's um, great. Very so underrated. He and Ted uh, Lawrence Monison, who uh, actually a ton of these kids didn't have much like experience when they okay. came into this, but have all been working since. Basically, like very few of them sort of dropped off. Every one of them been consistently working. Lawrence Monison is in a ton of stuff. So Lawrence Monison, like he's Ted. He when he's with Crispin Glover is funny and charming, but then other moments, I guess the scripted moments, he's a dick. He is kind of a piece of shit in this. Yeah. Movie. Like yeah. he's being a dick to this hitchhiker. He calls her, what does he call her? I think he calls her like a, he says, I think he like barks like a dog at yeah. her. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. Like saying she's, she's ugly. I think she says I something about her being fat or something. Right. I, I don't get the joke of this scene. Joe Zito said it was like, was supposed to be a funny scene, but I don't get the joke of this scene. She's a chubby hippie in the mid eighties who wants to go to Canada. Why? I'm not sure. She's not evading dodging a draft yeah she wouldn't be dodging a draft anyway right i i don't get what the joke's supposed to be but i i think it was i mean definitively i feel like it was probably tom savini had an idea for a kill and they just couldn't fit it in anywhere else and he was like well we'll just we'll do a second unit we'll shoot it and then like they were like yeah that's that looks good let's throw in a moment with because i think everything ted says is like adr I think it was just more or less basically there to show us that Jason is on the trail of these kids. He's right. going to where they're going. And also, nobody is safe. Yeah, that's think, true. Because she did that's nothing. That's the best way I can rationalize that is, it. That is actually good. Because 
the people he kills in the hospital you can be like oh well they were i don't know i don't know what negative thing they were fornicating or trying i was watching what might be alien porn where three women point their butts at each other and move up and down i want to see that video dubbed with farts (laughs) just all over it like did you ever see that uh that what was that anaconda video by oh uh, uh Nicki Minaj yeah yeah with the farts, with farts. Yeah. it's the greatest video it really is That's probably really of all time <laughs> did I send you the Game of Thrones fart video no oh my god well, I gotta, gotta send, send it, it to you. oh it's right. it's it's the best dude it's the scene where like John is going to talk to Daenerys and she's sitting on the throne and stuff oh man Oh yes, just, I've seen it's that. Punctuated by yes. farts all over the place. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Farts are funny. Farts are real funny. I don't know why, but they're so funny. <laughs> no, they man. are. Um, I think that's a a good point though, because like I guess you could say the first two people would be killed for having sex on the job. Yeah. But well, I mean, he you know he he died because people were fucking around, and that's how he drowned. So right. Yeah. I could, I could go with that one. But then she did literally nothing. Yeah, and he also, just dislikes hitchhikers. It's so unfair. She's having a banana. That's a healthy snack. That is a healthy snack. You know what? What a dick. She was trying to turn her life around. She was trying to get her. She was going to go on. to Canada mm-hmm. for the health care. Right. Yeah. And she was she trying was, to eat better. She was trying to eat better. Just trying to get a ride. Hitching a ride, trying to save gas. Man, she was a good person. Yeah, I know. Jason didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he didn't. That that kill does look really great, dude. It's awesome. It's awesome. The neck, that the knife uh-huh. goes like straight through her neck. Yeah. The way she's got all that banana mush. Yeah. Like the way coming yeah. out of her mouth and, and then she squeezes mouth, yeah. it and stuff. Yeah, this looks really good. It's so good and at the same time so silly because you're like, this is wholly unnecessary. She didn't <laughs> even talk. She didn't do anything. Yeah, she didn't say a word. Yeah. Uh, Savini was Jason in that. He was, oh really? Yeah, he was the guy, and um, that was a real knife he was holding. Oh, so uh, all of the part up to the point where you see penetration is him with a real knife behind her. That oh, Savini did that also all in, the in time. one. He did that all the time. He wanted it to look real. He did that in Maniac. He's the yeah. guy that shot his own self in the movie. Yes, which is awesome. <laughs> Savini fucking rules. He's the man. best. Man. He is awesome. So that's the first one of the first kills in here. Yeah. Have. Of course, that's preceded by. The people in the morgue that get killed. Uh huh. We get the bone saw to the neck. Bone saw was ready. (laughs) Bone saw was indeed ready. Bone saw is ready. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Did you know he injured his. uh, More Spider Man and Randy Savage talk. Tell me. He injured his neck in that movie. If you go back and watch it, you see him land directly on his head in one of the stunts. Really? He injured his neck for uh, for the rest of his life. Couldn't turn his neck. Crazy. Wait, wait, wait. Macho Man? Macho Man. Yeah. Holy shit. Fucking crazy. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. That bone saw getting drug across the throat. Yeah. For one, is like ultimate nightmare. We've talked about our yes. Adam's apple aversions oh, that we have. Oh, uh, uh, man, it's but so also, bad. Like and then a, he turns his head around. A bone saw would have a serrated oh, edge, it's definitely too. So serrated. it wouldn't be like slick. It would be like. Yeah. And that's just, the thing, too, is like the way that he the way that he plays that, it looks like he is really forcing that thing yeah. through the neck. Like, it doesn't yeah. look like it's like a smooth glide. Now the fun thing about that, because like again, when I like watching the the documentary and seeing like they had a saw that had like you know a little cut out cut out for yeah. the neck, and knowing that he actually didn't move the saw at all, it's really strange. Because in my memory, I'm like I know seeing in your memory you see him just like across. slid, it, but it's it's just a real brief second and not like. In reality, just basically, he turned his head. Yeah, I mean that and is it looks so effective. Incredible editing. Yeah, yeah, and apparently for that scene where they like turned his head around, 
He had like an application on his neck of that kind of wrinkled up flesh, uh-huh. and they just put his clothes on backwards <laughs> and had him turn his Genius. head. Genius. And that's it. Genius. Yeah. You and, don't and again, need to bring the computers in. No. Yeah. And, and that, again, shows the genius of Savini, where it's like, yeah. with Savini, whenever you watch interviews and stuff with him, you can tell that not only did he have an idea of, okay, the tubing should be running here, the mm-hmm. person's head should come through a false floor and do this, yeah. but he also has in mind, and it should be shot this way. Yeah. He knows you know? exactly, like, the lighting and stuff. He knows yeah. what needs to happen to what make it look exactly, be. in a brief glimpse in the dark, looks real. Right. And that's all you need. Right. You don't need it to look real for 30 seconds. That would be impossible. real for a, just a brief moment. Well, and then it's, it's close-up magic, fills isn't in. it? You yeah. know? It's, exactly, It's like yeah. close-up magic. Misdirection, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like if I had to palm this coin for half an hour, you'd see it, but mm-hmm. it just lasts a few seconds, so you don't. Yeah. He really has just such a great idea of not only how it should be technically executed, but physically shot and i think that's what really sets special effects god tom savini yeah. and then that that nurse chick gets like she just zipped up her shirt and then jason zips the knife up oh, her torso man oh it's so brutal. sick and the blood like hits the, the floor ground, like head against the wall yeah yeah that is super just super physical i love the head crush in the shower man dude it's brutal yeah and i love too how like they've shown that jason's like hands are so grisly and huge and have those gross black uh-huh. like witch nails nails yeah oh it's so gross and he just smashes that dude's head against uh-huh. the back of the shower it's so <laughs> brutal it, yeah the is brutality it? is so high in this for a movie that is fun i just wonder between this and the prowler mm-hmm. is it zito or is it savini that loves people dying in showers <laughs> you know because there's shower <laughs> kills in both of them i mean I, 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 it all it comes from Hitchcock, of course. The vulnerability of being in the shower, yeah. just like you're completely naked. Not only you're completely naked, you can't exactly run. Yeah, you might very fall. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a vulnerable moment. Right. Yeah. That shower kill is awesome. Then his like heads on the glass and stuff. Uh-huh. His necks on it. It's so gross. Yeah. The chicken thrown through the window is one of my highlights of this yeah. movie. She's kind of pulled through the window. Yeah, just pulled through the window. He's he's pulling an Assassin's Creed assassination. He's climbed up the wall, pulls her out the window, throws Solid her down. Solid snake in that shit. Solid snake in it, yeah. Um, and yeah, the windows blowing out really made it perfect. Again, more fuck glass. Yeah. They hate glass. They hate glass. <laughs> They're not all about it in this movie. I love Crispin Glover's death, dude. It's perfect. Like, because <laughs> he's looking for the corkscrew. Tad... Where's the corkscrew? I love the way Where's he delivers. Where's the fancy corkscrew for the wine bottle? He's saying it. It's like they've been married for 25 years. Yeah. It's like somebody's annoying so aunt from God, upstate New York. I love that he decided to do it. Because he knew I he could he do whatever it. he wanted in this movie yeah. and be fine. Right. And he, he, he made it fun, at least. And also just wasn't expecting him to die. No, and, and maybe because it's in my head, it's like Crispin Glover. It's an right, actor I've known time, my whole like, life. Nobody knows. Crispin yeah, at the time Glover, he was yeah. a nobody. Yeah, but it's like me. It's like I just as somebody who was born in the eighties. It's like I've known that guy's face my whole life. Yeah. Uh, he's in fucking Back to the Future. You yeah, know? he was the dad in Back to the Future. That's crazy to yeah. think of how young he was playing Michael oh J. Fox's god, dad. <laughs> my god! But then just to see him, you know, for one, that corkscrew just gets shoved through his hand Ugh. brutally. Yeah, and then. That machete. I think it's a meat cleaver. It's a meat cleaver. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like right through the face. Straight to the face, dude. 
It is so brutal. It looks and like then that he thing hangs is being him swung. up outside yeah. by his hand, like, by like railroad Jason spikes in this or one something. like shows off his kills when he can. He, like, he mires it a yeah. little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely does. Where it's like, I want you to see the museum uh, speak, of your dead friends. Speaking of Myers, we have to mention the Halloween two uh, connections here. Like, Surely, this yeah. starts so much like Halloween two. It really does. Pick I it mean, up it goes right in a completely the different direction, right? But it, it really does take from Halloween two to just start right at the scene move forward from there you you're starting in the middle of the action you're reminding everybody of all the action they just saw from the last movie and it gets them hyped like it's right. a genius move it's real smart to do but this movie is so much better than halloween 2 oh, because infinitely. it leaves the hospital <laughs> yeah it doesn't just fucking stay there the entire it's so time boring. oh yeah. my god yeah i love that that head chop it looks like that that cleaver is being swung with so much force yeah. But I think they actually shot it like in reverse, right? Yeah, because the yeah, the cleaver was cut out to be perfectly in that little area of his face. Yeah. So just pull it out. Zipped yeah. it out and yeah. then showed the film in reverse. Yeah. God, dude, I love it. We got a guy, a guy getting stabbed in the dick. And <laughs> he lifted deserved up out that. the water. He deserved that. He has this gorgeous girlfriend. Yeah. And immediately one of the double mint twins takes his attention. What? There's a lot of like girls hitting on guys in front of their yeah. girlfriends and everyone's, guys dancing with girls in front of their girlfriends. It's real aggressive. I wonder if they were Sleepaway Camp came out the year before this. I wonder if they were taking some of that aggression from Sleepaway Camp and putting it in. I don't in know. Here. I don't know. I had a real hard time kind of keeping up with like who's with who here. Right, because everybody just sort of moves around. And then that guy who's with Sarah, I forget he's in the movie until he gets killed. Yeah. Like, he's the one who's driving at the beginning, but he doesn't ever really say anything. And no. Then, yeah. Uh-uh. He's got no personality, but everybody else, though, you don't know who they're fucking. Right. <laughs> that girl who is kind of our sweet, innocent one gets Sarah, destroyed yeah. by that axe. Yeah. Un- unexpected, really. Ooh. I mean, I get that she had sex, which is like the scream rule. Now she can get killed, but th- that wasn't a rule at this point. She she seemed like she was going to be the final girl. They set right. it up very much like I've never had sex, blah, blah, blah. But that actually only works in reverse. At the time when that happened, it wasn't setting up a false expectation because we've talked about the previous Friday the 13th and having sex doesn't get you killed. Doing yeah. drugs doesn't get you killed. So this is the introduction of that, That's basically. True. Yeah, four parts into the series. Is that she was fine until she had sex and she gets killed. Right on. Yeah. What do you think about... I think it's Rob that's down there in the basement. He's killing me! I think that's... I, I get why people I think it. that it's real campy, but I think it's effective because if you were being killed and trying to save someone else, wh- like, what would you say? Yeah, you'd probably say something fucking crazy like, yeah. I'm being stabbed! I'm being stabbed! <laughs> yeah. I'm shot! Oh, shit! Yeah. Yeah. I, I love mean, it. I, I think it's been, awesome. Uh, by the way, I've been cutting the throat. Oh, yeah, you You have. know what you do? You basically say, what just happened? Right. Yeah. It's not all that unrealistic. That's what I said. I got cut. That was it? Yeah. Damn. I didn't say, he's killing me. But I I should have. I hope I have the presence of mind. Say something fun. If I am ever being murdered. Like, maybe at least it'll give the murderer, like, a little pause. And they're like, I'm sorry. Are you telegraphing what I'm doing to you? (laughs) And then I'll I'll get away or something. Yeah. He'll be like, this is, you know what? You're being weird about this. Yeah, this is getting a little strange. The awkward, he says, and walks away. Right, yeah, like he's done with you're it after the that. asshole. Right. <laughs> hey, man. God, sorry. I didn't mean to weird you out. No, don't come back. 
No, no, no. Oh, he's coming back to kill me some more. No, 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 I'm done. Real turn off. You're weirdo. Real turn off. (laughs) I love that he's killing me death. Yeah. Dude, one of the most brutal things in the movie for me is whenever homegirl cuts Jason's hand down the middle. That looks great. Oh, fuck. That is brutal. And that's like, I mean, because like the other things that we've seen happen to Jason up to this point are like, you know. Aside from uh, axe in the skull, yeah, they're, they're not like some fatal th- injuries, not like minor injuries, like yeah, human injuries. This is a human injury. Right. It's like, oh, right, he's just a part. He's just flesh, right? So he could be cut to pieces, which seems like Tommy kind of tried to do, but he's an eleven-year-old boy. Probably didn't succeed at actually cutting him into pieces, mm-hmm. but that that moment reminds us, like, oh, right, he's vulnerable. Right? Yeah. That that shot though is so convincing looking. Uh huh. When that thing just goes Looks straight great. down the middle of his hand. And I imagine it's just a broomstick with the hand. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah absolutely. So, but it's cool. Cool detail and stuff too. Yeah. Though, because if you'll notice, Jason quits fighting with that hand. Oh, I didn't pay attention to yeah. that. But it's yeah, just like clever physical acting. It's like yeah. okay, that's out of commission. Well, Ted, now. Ted, uh, Ted White was and remained after this a stunt coordinator. So right. like he 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 had the eyes for the details for stunts. And he, so to be the one acting it out, like, of course, he's going to remember, like, no, that hand, I can't use that. Yep. Now. I mean, he'd worked on, like, big westerns, like yeah. John Wayne mm-hmm. and all kinds of shit. I mean, from what it sounds like, it sounds like he was probably a bit of a hard ass. It also sounds like Corey Feldman was also an 11-year-old kid who became a movie star, which pretty much any of us would probably be little shithead brats. Oh, of course. I mean, who wouldn't? Well, and, and they said in the documentary that he, he wanted to hang out with everybody. Of course he did. Yeah, well, like, especially when you're like that age. It's like all you want to do is hang out with older kids. Yeah. So he wanted to be a part of all this stuff, and he wanted to hang out with the adults. And Ted White also intentionally kept himself away from everyone else. And so, Corey Feldman's insistence on interacting with him, of course, pisses him off because it gets him out of his mindset, but also, he doesn't want to deal with this fucking kid. No. uh (laughs) I'm just trying to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, legit hate in some sense. Not legit hate. You can't legit hate. Well, I guess you can legit hate a kid. But he was especially irritated by him. Mm -hmm. So, he liked scaring him. And Feldman was legitimately terrified. No, terrified of him uh, uh, when... He was grabbed through the window. That really scared him. And when Ted White kicked down the door and came yeah. in, like, t- like Corey Feldman was really affected by that. Like, he was very scared. Wow. It really had to calm him down. Because, like, Ted White, he did the same with the window death where he pulled them out where he didn't want him to know it was coming. Wanted so, some legit shock so on th- screen. Yeah, so yeah. there'd be, like, an action call, but then anticipation and waiting in yeah. real fear. Well, that was and even then it would happen. That was even cool timing just as a viewer for that thing there towards the end where Rob's corpse gets like hurled yeah. through that window. Again, showing off his kill. Like look what it did. Yeah. But also, yeah, great timing. And then kind of the last thing you expect is another person, Jason, to bust through another window. Right. It's kind of like the last thing you expect just as a viewer. Yeah. And then just knowing that the shock that you have on on Feldman's face is is real because yeah. he was also not sure when it was going to happen yeah. and stuff. God, Makes it so, so much cool. better, man. It's so good. Yeah. One of my favorite kills in here too that's not even like a big deal is that little flash of a silhouette where Jason is like stabbing, I think it's one of the girls out in the yard and there's like the lightning behind him 
And you just see the silhouette projected onto the side of the house of him, like, impaling somebody. And I don't think that's long after the raft kill. No, yeah, because the raft kill happens, and then he goes out to check on his girlfriend, finally. That's the guy that gets stabbed in the dude. Yeah, and deservedly so. Yeah, the old I think Jason saw what was happening. I think he was watching through the window, and he's like, Hey, hey, you're not... That's not your cool, girlfriend. Man. Not cool. Who is this girl? That raft well, kill I'm going to stab that guy in the dick. Yeah. I'm also going to kill his girlfriend, but I'm going to stab that guy. Beside the point. <laughs> yeah. That the raft, raft kill, kill is sick. It man. is sick. She's out there floating around, apparently getting hypothermia. Yeah, because her body was in the water, and then the fake body was in the raft. Which was extremely convincing looking. Yeah, but they were also shooting in the dead of winter. Yeah. And the guy who played Ted, or not Ted, uh, the guy who played the hit, the hitchhiker guy who ends up sleeping in the tent, whatever his name was. Yeah, Rob. Rob. That's him. The Van Helsing of the movie. Van Helsing, yeah. Um, he was talking about how, like, you know, when they come walking out and it's supposed to be raining, like, the water had been sitting out, so it was like 35 degree oh, water being sprayed on them in 30 degree weather. Oh, like, that's a recipe for yeah. pneumonia. Yeah. Damn, so dude. That, it was a rough shoot, but she was actually underwater waiting for them to shoot this over and over and over. And for hours. Ted White had to stop it. Yeah. And be like, no, she's like legit needs to get out of the water. And yeah, he said, like, if you guys don't get her out of there, I'm walking off yeah. set. There's some other angles that they did of that raft scene that I wish they could have used. I think that it was yeah. probably getting whittled away due to, to blood and gore and nudity. But yeah, there's some like above the scene shots. Oh, they yeah, had where you can see camera. it so much clearer. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see that like the raft is filling up with blood, uh-huh. which is way badass. Yeah. I think they probably cut it so you can see your butt and stuff. Right. But I loved seeing the raft just fill up with the blood. It was so <laughs> cool, man. Ted White said something. I, I keep talking about him, but like I, I think he's probably one of the most interesting people involved with this. Yeah. He said about chasing um girls around that it, it really like he really enjoyed chasing screaming girls. Hmm. And that sounds real fucking creepy. Killery. Yeah. But it's also like, well, that makes him perfect for this, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, it sounds weird, but it's also like, well, if he enjoys it and he's not killing anyone in reality, mm-hmm. it's cool kind of that the he's Jason. It's cool that he's playing Jason because he can really, he can really get into it, and and he does. Now you were talking to me about how one of the things you like about this is that there's an A and B storyline in this. There's yeah, not just that's a not linear really a, a thing line. you see much in the Friday the Thirteenth movies is that they actually attempt to create storylines with arcs and completions Mm. and that they have like legit foreshadowing not just crazy ralph saying it's got a death curse that's not foreshadowing that's just telling you what's gonna happen but like we have a moment where the the mom says like close the door what if a maniac gets in and that's like early on and we know like a maniac is gonna get a maniac is gonna get in but we also know we've all had our moms say crazy shit like that where right. it's like if man it's not gonna get in mom you know another little funny part of foreshadowing that the mom does what's that early in the movie she tells Corey feldman something about him needing a haircut oh right yeah and then he cuts his oh wow his i didn't know yeah that's all in the same scene yeah that's all the yeah. first scene where we're introduced to that family uh-huh. like we we learn everything about Corey feldman just because he's wearing that mask and playing video games we know he's basically He's the tech wizard of the, the Yeah, he's the nerd. Movie. Yeah. 
wow yeah it's just so very effective in ways that other friday the 13th movies don't even try where they're just no. like well we're telling a horror story this is a movie that's telling a story story mm-hmm. um and the a story seems to be jason Voorhees wants revenge on kids and everyone else anywhere in the vicinity of crystal lake and the b story is about this family that is just staying out at the lake the mom and the dad are divorced so the dad's gone she's there with her daughter and her son there's this nurturing family relationship and then it's intruded upon by these teenagers who happen to also bring in jason who follows them there i assume and then the chaos kicks off Mm -hmm. but all throughout this other story of the families going on we lose the mom and then the sisters taking care of the brother and then the last 20 minutes are the sister the brother and jason that's the a story and b story colliding right yeah coming together yeah it's it's so well constructed i think it's a well-constructed uh it's simple in this but series. It's oh, very simple it yeah. doesn't have to be complicated but so many of the others don't even try that they're no. just like kids are somewhere jason's there they die yeah yeah so this one it. at least tried to add in some heart in some way like add something to it where we actually care we care about the the family we right, yeah. do care about them oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah they, I, th- they're a very believable like family unit especially yeah. considering in most horror movies like you know mom is an alcoholic and right. dad's abusive mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of like the the elm street kind yeah. of family model but in this that parents just, are shitty yeah and this it's the mom cares the sister cares the they all love each other yeah. they seem to be having fun pretty okay over that way it's, it's a poltergeist family setup right yeah, yeah which makes it better yes as we see viewer. them as human and we care about them right yeah mm-hmm. definitely now i think it would have been better if the mom had telekinesis that's part seven. Oh, that's seven. And it's the daughter. Come on. <laughs> I will say, though, and this is like one of one of my few real critiques I have about this movie. I got to thinking about it, and I do think that that mom character was kind of underutilized. To us. And I think she that there was... She kind of disappears real quick. Yeah, she yeah. doesn't even get a proper death scene. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that in this franchise, especially up to here, if you think about it, there's never really parents. There's like kids, mm-hmm. there's counselors, which are also yeah. kids. There's never really any adult authority figures other than Pam Voorhees. Yeah, who was a murderer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like she's kind of the only one here uh, that was a, you know, above 30 year old person. Right. And like you said, she goes on a murder spree because her kid died, right? Yeah. So in this movie, they introduce this mother character who's a great actress. She's very good. Yeah. She's very believable. Uh-huh. Um, you just kind of naturally like her and her affinity for jogging. I think she must be <laughs> I suicidal. It's jogging. Oh, jogging. Yeah, it's a soft J. I think she's suicidal because obviously the newspapers are running articles about how Jason had been on a killing spree, and she's like, let's I should probably go lake. jog. <laughs> Yeah, let's go jog around the lake. I think she wanted out of the whole yeah. situation, if you ask me. They were jogging also in a way that was like, this is like a cigarette ad from the 80s. Like right. they were about to stop and enjoy a Newport. Yeah, or Virginia something. Slim. Yeah. God, Virginia Slims are like the ultimate stepmom smoke. <laughs> you know, like every stepmom. They should have just called like Virginia Slims, the yeah. official smoke of stepmom. You've come a long way, baby. To be. Become a stepmom. To smoke a long, thin cigarette. (laughs) 
you'll get a longer smoke break out of it, honey. Thank goodness. You know? Mm -hmm. But the mom in this, like I said, she was one of the first responsible adults that we had show up in the series. Mm -hmm. Plus, you have the whole mom connection with Jason. Yeah. Right? Like Jason. Uh Jason love of his mama. Yep. He does. He love of his mama. So, I think that there are a few potential things that could have gotten turned around in here. I think that it could have been cool if... Okay, we think the mom died, and then at the end, it's you know, it's the mom that comes back and, and swings that them. machete. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, you, you'd have this kind of cool arc mm-hmm. where it's like Miss Voorhees couldn't save her kid. Yeah, but here's a mom that is saving her kids. Oh, yeah, from Ms. that Voorhees. is good. I like that. Something like that could have worked, and it would have made more sense if she came in as like the mom, and that's what froze him. Like, because it doesn't make sense that he sees what looks like his younger self and he's like wait what it looks like a little bald kid with pneumonia yeah like or it like would have made an, more sense if she came orphan. in and did what uh, happened in part two the jason mm-hmm. this is your mother he gets like, all authoritative and stuff yeah, yeah. Puts like on the sweater that that would have been a much better ending for yeah. sure because the, the ending of this isn't great yeah like the, the whole thing of him coming downstairs because he had seen this police mock-up sketch okay the police mock-up sketch yeah of what jason might have looked like that makes no sense this is one of those things where it gets really confusing because you're talking about a newspaper article about a child who was supposedly believed to be dead drowned in a lake and the image would have to be based off of the dream of the girl from the first movie i mean it's really confusing yeah it's really strange and also at this point even though the police sketch is of like boy jason man jason is on the prowl yeah how's that gonna help (laughs) although i will say i respect the fact that they've never even tried to explain that oh no it doesn't matter it doesn't it really really yeah jason is back he's killing people Mm -hmm. he's back again he's killing more people that's kind of all you care about and i think that they knew that so they never tried to really explain their way out of that but i had this idea that it would have been so fun if the police sketch of what they supposed Jason looked like would have been like wildly inaccurate. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like what if the police sketch was of like a Rastafarian dude? Yeah, that would make sense. Was like a floppy hat. Yeah. And like dreadlocks and stuff. So whenever Tommy goes up into the house to like make his final transformation, he comes down and he's like, right near the beach, Jason. And Jason's Boy, just like stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, Jason and the sister like turn around and they're both like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Tommy, that, that gives is, her enough time to kill Jason. That is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> He's like, what do the you mean? The black face, Tommy. Yeah, the that's, black come face. on. That's a little bit much. Yeah. It's 1984, and that is still way beyond the pale mm, to I do know. that. That's Short just, Circuit had brown face. It did. Oh, Holy and shit, also that one movie about the kid who got into college with an African-American scholarship. Soul Man. Soul Man. Yeah. That happened, y'all. It really did. Whoa. Doof. That Ooh, movie. Oh, man. Let's, but yeah, it would have been great if Tommy would have completely gotten the wrong idea of what young Jason would have looked like <laughs> come down that staircase. It would have been. We would have had a little blooper moment down there. <laughs> Or if he'd just come down dressed as a female Jason, like he was Bugs Bunny. He was like, like a sexy (laughs) Jason. That's amazing. That would have been so good. All right. One last thing we have to cover. We said we were going to talk about it. The dog. Okay, Gordon. 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 Poor suicidal. Five times they say his name. Five times. Five times. 
That poor suicidal dog, Gordon. Oh, hey, Gordon, my dog, Gordon. It's you, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. I love you, Gordon. Are you here, Gordon? Gordon? Okay, hang on. And First then the of dog all, just disappears. That dog was suicidal. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a topic just that is not... just jumped out a window. It's not talked about enough this suicidal day and age. Dogs. I think that there's still <laughs> kind of a prejudice against uh, pet suicide. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, everybody's a little bit wary to talk about it. But I'll tell you this. Pet suicide. Happened at least once. At least once. We've seen it. Yeah. On screen. Friday the 13th part four. I honestly just kind of think that this dog just saw so many other people fly through windows. He's he like, was like, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck windows. Yeah. I was like, maybe I give this a try. They make it look pretty fun. The man's always doing it. It made no sense. But it was, I, I mean, it was funny, I guess. Like, I guess. why the fuck did that dog just jump out? He just pieces out. He does. He's gone. He's like, I am done with this, okay? Guys, I've been trying to tell you. The way that the dog is shown flying out the window in slow-mo, like it is like... like it's a big this deal. big dramatic, like, like he's oh, gonna, shit, like it's Gordon! The, like it's then going to cut to Jason like, oh, fuck, and then yeah. the dog just attacks him. Nope, he's just jumping out a window. Apparently, some people seem to Got think to that, that Jason threw him out the window. He nope. did not. Like nope. Jason he just was, runs up to the window and jumps out. Yeah, of his own free will. It's weird. He's like, y'all, this is getting kind of weird for me. How do you train a dog to do that, I wonder? I don't know. <laughs> I think that dog wanted to kill itself because its owners named it Gordon. That is a bad dog. Like, name. that is just a weird name for your dog. Yeah. Sometimes people give their dogs, like, hey, way Gordo. overly ordinary names. And it's just yeah. strange. Hey, Robert. Salem's name when we got her, the name that people had called her before us, yeah. was Sandy. Sandy. Like she just retired from working in an office. Yeah. Let that woman relax. <laughs> She's put in her years at that office. Man, what do you think about this damn movie? Tell me. I I love it. I fucking love this movie, dude. I think that it is such a great balance of comedy and horror. I think mm. it already kind of knew that it was almost becoming a parody of what 80 yeah. slashers would become. Yeah. There's just so much ridiculous nudity and gore and unnecessary kills. Yep. <laughs> and again, just pointless shit happening. That hitchhiker dying, the dog jumping out the window, mm -hmm. never even had to happen. Nope. But it's there because it's cool. It you is know? cool. <laughs> it, it's almost like those things that are, I guess, perceived as like flaws of the genre, where it's like, that's just dumb. Why did that happen? That's impossible. That's and stupid. And like, no, it's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just It just goes with it, you know? Mm. It's, it's that thing that we've talked about where it's like, you know, uh, pixel art mm -hmm. and vaporwave and yeah. all these things that are like impressions of the limitations of technology back then. Yes. The flaws of those things became the characteristics of that genre. Yeah. You know, it's like nobody looks at, at, at pixel art and they're like, it doesn't look real at all. That's just a bunch of blocks. Yeah. That's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to look that way. That's part of it. Yeah. You know, the limitation is why it's there. Yeah. This is this is the a celebration of the genre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It goes by fast. It's not a super, like, super long movie. It's not no. super slow. No. <laughs> Again, the, the, it's just constant action, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just goes from action to action to action. Awesome kills. Awesome soundtrack ending is a, is a bit nonsensical like yeah. I, I definitely couldn't have seen it working out that that tommy's mask making skills would come back to save yeah. them all again I, I do think there is a better ending there where the the mom 
saves the kids. Let me tell you, Tom. Especially as a final chapter in the thing, that just would have been a better conclusion. I'll tell you in a second, Tom Savini's alternate ending. Keep oh, going. yeah? Yeah. Give, oh, me, give me your final about thoughts. That. <laughs> but, but overall, it's just it's just an absolute joy for me to watch this. This is one of those ones that I don't think I'll ever really get tired of watching. Oh, it's no. kind of like the penultimate camp slasher. It really is. You know? Yeah. I want to see teenagers that are goofy and funny and hot getting murdered in grisly ways. And this delivers on that. Soundtrack is great, too. It is. Awesome, awesome soundtrack stuff in this. Harry Manfredini, killing it again. Yeah, killing it. I fucking love this movie. Like, honestly, I think that the only the only gripes I can really put up about it are that, again, maybe the ending could have been different. Yeah, it could have been different. And maybe, maybe it would have made it better. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But still, this is like a fucking nine and a half for me. It is damn near a 10. Nailed it. All it's right. damn near a 10, dude. It's wow. just a joy to watch. It's everything that I want in an 80s slasher movie. I'm going to tell you real quick, Tom Savini's idea for an ending. Okay. He wanted to have, because, you know, um, Tommy is a tinkerer. He wanted to have Tommy be tinkering with a microwave. Like you do. And create this sort of rod that he could take and like he would put it against a an army man and turn it up to one and it would melt the army man. Okay. Yeah. The idea was at the end then he would plunge it into Jason's skull oh, and shit. turn it up to ten and explode Jason's head with okay. microwaves. All right. That would have been amazing. That would have been very okay. I mean, obviously that would have been the end of the series. Like, yeah, yeah. How are they going to reassemble his head? But anyway. Movie. Great. Yeah. There's, I mean, I've been watching it now for, I don't know, 30 years almost. Damn. Like In your third decade with yeah. this thing. And every time I see it, I'm like, yes. It's like, it feels like coming home. Yeah. It really does. It feels like the comfort of a slasher is just wrapping you in its arms and saying, hey, buddy, let's kill some teenagers. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, you kind of know... Even the first time you watch this, you know where it's going. Yeah. You know exactly what's going to happen. And it's still a joy. And it happens and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I love this movie. So glad they got Tom Savini back for at least one more Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Special if they ever are so do good. make a 13th Friday the 13th, they should get Tom Savini back and go all practical. My God, please. Yeah, they can get Derek, the guy who played Friday the 13th in the remake, Derek Mears, did a good job. He's good. Yeah, That's they the can thing. bring like, him back. Yeah, That remake is really shitty. I didn't like it, but he's good. But he's actually yeah. very, very good. I would I be think very Kane Hodder okay. still exists in case they want to do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I would be happy seeing Derek be him again oh, yeah. in a Savini-produced movie. Me too. Oh, my God. Let Savini fucking direct it, man. Uh, yeah, we still haven't dealt with any Savini-directed movies. We need to do that Night of the Living Dead remake. Yeah, we remake. did. The that remake was, they did, we do. Yeah, I hear it's great. I haven't ever watched it. I so. haven't either. All right. It's a deal. It's a date, babe. It's a date. Um, I love this movie. Nine and a half. Yeah. Sounds good to Sounds me. about right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little less than perfect, but the it's just the nostalgia factor, I'll, I'll admit that like i could see if somebody said no this isn't a good movie i'd yeah. be like all right you probably have reasons but i've been watching this movie most of my life well, and i love it i can tell you as somebody who's out of the cloud of nostalgia i saw this movie for the first time in my 30s yeah. no it is as good as you're saying it's awesome yeah. yeah it's fucking a treat so hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as we do and hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode of Durbin Lurbly. be sure to rate and review on 
iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and stuff. iTunes is apparently going away. Apple well, is the they're, iTunes, they're separating but. everything into like music, it, like it is on your phone, basically. Where yeah. you have music, podcasts, etc. Right. And the iTunes just won't exist anymore. So be sure to rate us on iCast or whatever it's yeah. called now. Or Spotify or wherever. Podbean. Yeah. Just us, wherever you can find us, just rate us. Yeah, definitely us. do it. And uh, if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, you guys can follow us on all the usual social media pages. Tell them about it. Hollywood At Dead Studio. Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast group on Facebook. Yes. Uh, we have Discord server. The at you can email me for the link to that. We've yes. also posted it before. Yes. Discord server now has Patreon exclusive channel that we'll be checking in on from time Woo. to time. And uh, Patreon.com slash dead and lovely. Go over there. Send us some money. Help us make this podcast even bigger than it already is. Every time that we sign on and we see new people are supporting us, we go, they're helping us. They're helping us. He's helping me. That's what I say. Oh, God, he's helping me. When I see Tim Stone give us some money, I say, oh, God, he's helping Ah. me. Run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys have just been a treat. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be talking about a movie that I will be watching for the very first time. I've never seen this movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm so excited to talk about Child's Play 2. Yeah. I love the first one. We did a review on the first one a little while back Mm -hmm. and how it's just this huge take on commercialism and uh, the family unit of the 80s and stuff. That's a good episode. Be sure to listen to that one. Yeah, and as far as I remember, part two is just more the same. Hopefully, it holds up as it does in my mind. I've heard it gets way like more crazy and over yeah. the top and there's shit in like a toy factory. Oh, yeah. and and definitely, we know that he's going to get way more over the top because eventually he's going to get uh, married to another doll and have another doll baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird. Anyway. So be sure it. to tune in next week when we're going to be talking about Child's Play 2. It's going to be a good old time. Well, in the meantime, you guys have been just goddamn fantastic and we've been Dead and lovely, so beautiful to have you with us today. Dead and lovely. Bye. Bye. I really just want an album now where Michael McDonald sings every song. Yeah. She's much everybody. He but he's gotta he gotta make it like he 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 cha- he doesn't he wouldn't do the she's my cherry pie. He yeah. She's my cherry pie. And a bigger chord. Yeah, line, bigger chord. Deeper yeah. harmony and stuff. She's my cherry pie. <laughs> what if he did? Yo 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 yo. Got you all in jail, <laughs> Michael McDonald. <laughs> Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. <laughs> It ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. <laughs> I don't Say know how he little one, don't forget my son. <laughs> Actually, that, yeah, James Hetfield yeah. is basically Michael it's McDonald. Kind of the metal McDonald. Ma- metal, metal McDonald. McDonald. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Bo, Bo, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> Auschwitz, the meaning of pain. The world wants you to die. <laughs> Little Slayer action. 
Angel of Death. I love Metal McDonald. Yeah, that needs to be a thing. Trademark dead and lovely. Right, yeah. We're snagging that. If it's not already a thing, it's a thing now. Yep. Metal McDonald. It is thing.